106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Habakkuk said, Lord, please tell me what you're doing. And God said, no, I'm not going to tell you, Habakkuk. Because if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe me. If God today told us what he's doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it. Don't you think God's given up and God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He's still on the throne. And those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. Black Lives Matter is a lie. There is no genocide of young, innocent black men. In 2019, there were only 10 cases in which unarmed African Americans were fatally shot by the police. In 5 out of 10 cases, an officer was attacked just before the shooting. And in 2 of the remaining 4, the officer was criminally charged. Where is the injustice? Also in 2019, there were 25 unarmed white Americans who were fatally shot by the police. According to FBI statistics, even though African Americans make up only 13% of the population, they commit over 50% of all murder in America. Blacks kill 10 times the amount of whites as whites kill blacks. And a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black male than an unarmed black male is to be killed by a police officer. Black Lives Matter has been a lie since its very beginning. In 2013, the movement began on social media after the acquittal of George Zimmerman in the shooting death of Trayvon Martin. But the case against Zimmerman was a lie. The prosecution had used an imposter as a fake witness, who they claimed wrote the only piece of criminal evidence they had, a letter that the fake witness admitted under oath to not writing. Founded by known communists and fueled with millions of dollars from George Soros, Black Lives Matter organized riots in Ferguson, Baltimore, and Chicago, and began recruiting an army of haters hiding beneath the guise of social justice. The entire foundation of Black Lives Matter is an obvious lie, and yet the lie sells. It sells because communities have been broken by government programs such as LBJ's War on Poverty that incentivized single motherhood and got young people hooked on welfare handouts. It sells because people worship their favorite celebrities like false idols and believe the media is a source of undisputed truth. It sells because people are afraid of being called a racist even when they know it's a lie. And it sells because many prefer their own rage over seeking the truth. Following the COVID-19 shutdown, perhaps the most traumatizing time for any American alive, Black Lives Matter joined forces with Antifa 
and used a senseless murder as an excuse to wage war upon the American people, dragging innocent people from their cars, burning homes to the ground, looting everything in sight, and demanding that white people bow before them and kiss their feet. They are subjugating white people, parading them around in chains, and demanding the dissolution of the police department. What do you suppose is coming next? Black Lives Matter is a dangerous cancer that is poisoning our already damaged society. The mainstream media, our elected officials, world leaders, and practically every multinational corporation are all on board with BLM. But the real problem is that we allow the lie to exist when all we have to do is be brave, tell the truth, and seek justice. In the end, we will get exactly what we deserve. And this is the No Hostage Radio podcast. And we are, uh, let me adjust here a little bit. We are uh, on July 25th. And this is our 69th episode. If you're keeping track or you want to go back here or tell somebody to listen to this. Number 69, July 25, Saturday. Thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate all your feedback. Thank you for uh, suggestions, material. Uh, I don't have a staff, so you're my staff. Uh, so uh, criticism, feedback, suggestions, and uh, if you have any clips that you, you think are relevant, uh, I certainly take a look at them and see if we can fit them in. Thank you so much. Uh, happy to be here today. And it is a nice evening here in Northern California. It's kind of cooling down. It's been nice this week, only in the 90s up in Northern California. If you're not used to California, up in central, uh, the central part of the valley in Northern California gets toasty. A lot of agriculture up here, and we need the heat to grow things. But uh, it stunts my growth, I think, uh, the heat, particularly when it gets over 100 so tonight it's kind of cooling down, and it's nice and quiet here, and and uh, going to have a good time here for a couple hours. So if you're new to this, we do um, six 20-minute segments with some clips in between. I'm a little feel like I'm a little heavy on clips tonight because there's just so much going on out in the world, and I found some really interesting things to share, and so. Uh, Spare me a little bit if I went a little heavy on clips, uh, but I think you'll enjoy them. So uh, if you need to get a hold of me or want to get a hold of me, you want to send me something, write something, text me something, here's how. Lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. Lou at nohostagesradio.com. Lou is spelled L-O-U. Also, uh, you can go to my or our website, which is nohostageradio.com, and you can look at past episodes, listen to them there, or you can uh, look at some articles I've been writing over the years. 
actually, the only articles there would be the last 69 weeks. But you could check them out if you're interested. Uh, or you can just, uh, they say if you get, if you're using your phone, if you go to your regular podcast source and pick up No Hostages Radio, then it it doesn't pause or go to sleep on you uh, as opposed to if you use your phone and go to the uh, website. I don't know all the technological wherewithals with that, but that's what people have told me. Um, okay. Let's see. Also, you could dial me up at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. When I answer that phone, I say trauma intervention program. This is Lou. If you get a voicemail, it just means I'm um, temporarily away from the phone or on the other line. So just leave leave your message and I will get right back to you. I call everybody back 100%, even if they're gnarly and uh but if they want to call back i'll call them back but i don't get a lot of gnarly calls i think just people just change the station or change the podcast if they're irritated with with me with me so um this this uh today when you're listening to this if you listen to it on the 25th so i'll say on july 25th or today there is a protest uh at the capitol civil disobedience uh, peaceful disobedience, although the the uh, state of California no longer allows public assembly without their permission, which is contrary to the Constitution, but we're meeting anyway. anyway. So if you listen to this early and you can make it over to the state capitol in the center of Sacramento, uh, just head on over there uh, 11, 11 to 12 o'clock, and I think we're going to be going throughout the afternoon. So it should be exciting. Uh, Dress patriotic, bring signs, make your own signs. If you've got an axe to grind, if you have a message to declare, bring your signs. Um, and uh, there there are uh, bathroom facilities there, port- portable ba- bathrooms, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, also, I'd bring maybe a bottle or two of water, but I think they'll probably have water there as well. There's usually bottled water around, but I'd bring some with you. Uh, it's probably going to be toasty, so wear a cap and and uh, dress comfortable and should be exciting time. Uh, it's uh, crazy in the state of California. I can't speak for all you that are listening. I know some of you, I have a uh, new, actually not a new listener, but I just realized a listener down in Florida, Tampa, Florida. So give a shout out to Florida. And I don't know about your state, Florida, Missouri, uh, I know we have people in Nevada, uh, Washington, up north here, north of us. And uh, let's see, Idaho. Uh, there's a variety of places that uh, folks are dipping in. So I don't know what your situation is with all these mandatory mask rules, uh, sheltering in place or whatever they call that, social distancing, shutting down your businesses. We're having a time of it here in California. We're having a real time of it. We're trying to recall the governor. So uh, if you can come out today, that's July 25 uh, by around noon at the state capitol. Usually we've been meeting at the west side. That's the river side of the capitol. Uh, uh, just park in on one of the – there's, there's uh, parking along the streets, and you can just use meters or you can park in a parking garage. It's pretty easy to get parking. It's not that congested on Saturday. Please come out and bring your friend. Now, 
these are uh, unique, um, difficult, and trying times. And it's a time where just you believing the right thing or saying the right thing is not enough. It's no longer enough. It's no longer enough to just vote. It's no longer enough to just register to uh, recall or sign to recall Gavin Newsom. It's not enough for just you to do that. You need to multiply your influence. And what I mean by that is you need to make sure your neighbors and your relatives are registered to vote. You need to make sure they do vote. You need to make sure that they're not only registered, but they sign the recall uh, petition. Um, I'm telling you, uh, this is, you know, there's certain times in life where uh, making some right decisions has big dividends, big results, big, big uh, fruit out of it. And there's other times when you just work your rear off and, and you don't see a lot of results. But this is a time when we really need to get it on and we cannot be passive and we have become a nation of passive people thinking that everything is just going to continue the same no matter how we behave and we've been really 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 wrong way wrong and uh the people that don't like america the way it is they don't like the constitution they don't like capitalism they don't like free enterprise they don't like the republic they want socialism they want communism and they want a free ride they have been working their rears off and it shows and they're kicking rear out there and it's time for us to stand up if you think well i'm just waiting for the right time this is the right time please don't wait any longer we need you to do something now we need you to stand up. We need you to write letters. We need you to vote. We need you to sign the recall petition if you're in California. It's very, very important. If you pass now, uh, please don't complain down the road and say, oh, well, you know, blame somebody else for it. So uh, uh, I, I was reminded this week to I was it was suggested to me this week, please tell people that are signing the recall Petition. Some people are saying, well, I signed online. There's no such thing as a legitimate online petition to recall the governor. The recall petition has to be written on paper with ink, and you have to be a registered voter. You can register and then sign, but you cannot do it online. Now, some people are saying, well, we I already signed that petition several months ago. Thank you very much. That petition effort was a, a horrible failure and don't give up. But that we cannot transfer your signature from that petition uh, campaign over to this one. This is a fresh uh, effort starting on June 10 and you need to sign now. You need to sign on paper. You need to sign on the correct petition and you need to be a registered voter. So uh, you can go to recallgavin2020.com and you could download petitions or you could go to the recallgavin2020.com and you can um, you can find out where in your county by just scrolling down and looking at the Facebook page for your county you click on that and you can find who's uh, where the sign-up locations are being done. So what people are doing, they're putting up a uh, pop-up tent, 
and they're just going to, you know, busy places like big grocery stores, box stores, getting out in front, and they're signing people up to recall the governor. Please go, and and you can actually take these petitions and take them home with you and get your neighbors to sign, even people that don't get out much. If they're voters, they can sign, and you can take it, and you can mail it in, or you can hand it back in at those uh, sign-up sites. But you can actually sign that petition at the bottom that you're the circulator, and you can mail it right in to the address at the bottom of the petition. Please, please, please do something. Please don't just hope it all works out or, yeah, well, good good for you guys. Don't You can't do that here. Our country was never founded with that kind of philosophy. Passivity is a big loser, and we are getting our butts kicked. So I know in Yuba County they keep saying we need over 2,000 signatures as a percentage of our uh, total population here or registered voters. And so uh, I, I happen to live in, in Yuba County. And uh, so if you if you don't want to, uh, you don't have the means to download and print out a petition and you live in the Yuba Sutter County area of California, you can go to uh, 5548 Feather River Boulevard in Linda, that's just south of Marysville. It's an unincorporated area, 5548 Federal Boulevard at Elite Universal Security, and you can sign right there. And if you're not registered to vote, just go there, register to vote, sign the petition. Please, please, please do that. If you have any questions, if you want to go pick up some petitions there and you don't have a printer at home, you can't print them out. But if you just want to pick up some petitions, they will give you petitions. You can call them if you have any questions at 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280. So uh, I just heard today um, some sad news, but I'm hoping that turns out to be glad news. But the radio station that I was on for, I think, five or six years, I actually lost track of time. We did a live show on Saturday's AM FM station. It was called KMYC Radio. And uh, recently the owner died, and it was in the midst of being sold to a new owner, a, a gentleman in the area here that's a conservative guy. And uh, But it looks like uh, I just heard today that the building burned. And the station is off the air because the building burned. It didn't completely burn down, but it, it did enough damage to goof the technology up. And so, but it looks like they're going to rebuild it. And uh, certainly they have the radio licenses and all that intact. And part of the building is, it's in two buildings, but the main building uh, where we had the uh, the uh, studio and everything burned. And I just want to extend my condolences to the new owner, Ernie Friesen, uh, because he really was excited about getting things going out there at KMYC. So hopefully in the next few months, uh, they will be back up and uh, bigger and better and broadcasting all over Northern California, all the way up into Oregon, they claim. So way to go. Hope it all works out for much success to them. Uh, Okay. So please, Help us with the recall. We have till November 17 to get enough signatures. We need millions uh, because we have a big state, right? 39 million some population. I don't know how many registered voters there are, but we have to have a percentage of the registered voters. You don't need to worry about that. What you need to do is decide, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to take on this project. I'm going to focus on it. 
and I'm going to get I'm going to get 25 signatures. I'm going to get 10 signatures. I'm going to get 50 signatures. I'm going to get 100 signatures and just go working on it. If you if you belong to a church or a club like the Moose Lodge Elks Club, something something that maybe you run with a bunch of people, uh, whatever your hobbies are, just hit them up and see if they will sign uh, a petition. The petition itself, if we get enough signatures, that does not recall the governor. What that does is just put the question on the ballot, uh, should we recall Gavin Newsom? And if that gets enough yeses, 50% plus one, he's recalled. And then anybody else that's on the ballot that wants the job, then you can then you can vote for them as well. So you vote recall or not, and then if you vote for recall, then you pick one of these other alternatives. So, uh, again, uh, we need to just get the question on the ballot. Now, some people have gotten confused. They think, well, how can we get it on the November ballot, November 4 ballot, where the president's being elected, when we can get signatures all the way up to November 17th? The point is uh, that uh, by the time that all the wording was approved by the Secretary of State, and they declared, okay, it's a legitimate campaign. We approve of it at the state level. It's legal. That gave us a June 10th start date. And then you have a certain amount of days to collect all your signatures. That pushed us beyond the November 4th date. The ballots are already been printed anyway at this point. So, uh, so we're not worried about the November 4th presidential election. What we're going to have is a special election if we get this if we get enough signatures, we'll have a special election to recall the governor uh, after November 17th. November 17th, we have to turn in, get all the all the, the signatures have to be in by then. And then they have to be double checked, checked, double checked, make sure that they're legit and make sure we have enough. Then they will decide when the next uh, election is going to be a special election to recall the governor. Got it? Please do something. Don't sit around and do nothing. All right, that's that. So pardon pardon my taking all this time for that, you and other states. But uh, sadly, this predicament of governors going rogue and going nuts like we have here. We have a socialist state here now. Uh, basically, uh, Gavin Newsom is changing one law after another law after another law, ignoring the Assembly and Senate of our state and just doing it as a dictator. And it's just like we've lost our three branches of government essentially because of this guy. Um, all right. So I'm going to start today by, uh, I just, uh, I saw this got passed to me. It's a picture of a, of a sign on a doctor's office in Abilene, Texas. And I want to read it to you. There's all sorts of things. Have you noticed all these businesses? There's all kinds of signs. You got to wear a mask. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to social distance. You got to please do this. Please do that. We haven't got any coin in here. So we're going to like round everything up. We're going to screw you on every deal. Uh, that's a total ripoff. I'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, so this is a sign that just this guy typed out. It says regarding COVID-19. This is a doctor's office. He says, this doctor says, this isn't Nazi Germany and we aren't the Gestapo. If you do or didn't, or excuse me, if you do or don't want to wear a mask, you are still welcome here. 
We trust that you are an adult and know how to wash your hands. We trust that you are an adult and would stay home if you're sick. Masks are are proven useless against airborne viruses because of many reasons, including exposed eye mucosis. In other words, you can get that the you can cover you can you can have a mask so tight on your face that nothing could get through the sides of it, but still a virus could. But the the virus can actually get in your eye, right? Unless you got some kind of protective eye gear. That's called eye mucosis. This virus has been in the USA since at least January. We remained open and we haven't died here. There are many cures for coronavirus that are being ignored because there is no money in these cures. Your immune system is 99.9% effective against this virus. Fauci is wrong again unless the vaccine is guaranteed 100% effective. It is unlikely to help you. In other words, if it isn't bulletproof, it's unlikely to help you. Trust God. Trust your immune system. Eat healthy, get sunshine, smile more, take vitamin C and zinc. Don't panic. Stress will destroy your immune system. And most importantly, turn off the fake news. God loves you and we love you. That's on a doctor's office. Okay, I'm going to take a break right here and uh, take a swig of of water. And then I'm going to come right back after these clips. And we're going to get it on to the second segment. We created government as our servant, beholden to us and possessing no powers except those voluntarily granted to it by us. Now a self-anointed elite in our nation's capital would have us believe we're incapable of guiding our own destiny. They practice government by mystery, telling us it's too complex for our understanding. Believing this, they assume we might panic if we were to be told the truth about our problems. Why should we become frightened? No people who have ever lived on this earth have fought harder, paid a higher price for freedom or done more to advance the dignity of man than the living Americans, the Americans living in this land today. There isn't any problem we can't solve if government will give us the facts, tell us what needs to be done, and then get out of the way and let us have at it. His patriotism has never wavered, but today he's a little disillusioned with modern America. We're being represented by men who are kowtowing to minorities where they can get votes. And uh, I think it's bad for well, for our country. And I uh, am sad to see minorities make so much of themselves as a hyphenated American. I wish they'd all get to thinking that they're Americans as they should and as they have luckily been born here and couldn't be better off in any other place. Uh, they shouldn't. There shouldn't be so much whining and bellyaching. In the late 60s and early 70s, there was a period of considerable change. Civil rights for blacks, equal rights for women. Has this made America a better place? I am saddened by the fact that, although we were a 
matriarchy, I think we will not be any longer. I think uh, uh, opening doors and tipping your hat to ladies is uh, probably a thing of the past. They, the um, forerunners of the women's liberation of today have, uh, have taken that feeling away from the average American man. But what about the civil rights? I mean, it's necessary. What about the civil rights? Well, we have 20 million blacks on this continent. Right. It was necessary to extend rights to them that perhaps for the first 199 years were denied them in this, in, in this free America. I guess that uh, they've had a, a pretty tough break, but uh, uh, not quite as bad as uh, you and your do-gooder friends would uh, have them believe. They live as well here as they live in any other country over that 199 years. True, I think they do have a right to more rights, but it isn't a, a thing where where the rest of, of the country should feel terribly guilty about anything because they have had a better life here and their fathers and mothers than they would have had any place else. And, uh, and I want to see them have everything. I want... Uh, I don't squawk and cry baby and say, geez, I had to go without meals when I was 16 and 17 years old. It's a terrible thing. Uh, I don't think that uh, that the, you should look back and whine and bellyache or try to hold somebody else guilty for everything you did. Dr. Anthony Fauci is not always right, contrary to what the mainstream media would have you believe. In fact, if you make a list of what Dr. Fauci has gotten wrong about COVID-19 versus what he's gotten right, you'll wonder, why are we listening to this man at all? Politicians and public health officials and the mainstream media tell us to listen to the experts. But that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything if people call you an expert, but you are repeatedly wrong. Dr. Anthony Fauci, for example, claimed this weekend that New York got hit with COVID-19 worse than any other place in the world. But Fauci claimed that New York handled it correctly. Take a look at this. We have a problem. We need to admit it and own it. But we've got to do the things that are very clear that we need to do to turn this around. Remembering we can do it. We know that when you do it properly, you bring down those cases. We've done it. We've done it in New York. New York got hit worse than any place in the world, and they did it correctly. 32,000 people have died in New York from COVID-19, thousands and thousands of them because of the gross mishandling of New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who forced nursing homes to accept COVID-positive patients, who ignored pleas for help from long-term care facilities who knew their residents were vulnerable and at high risk from this virus. Was Dr. Fauci correct about New York handling the outbreak correctly? No, he's dead wrong. From day one of this pandemic, was Dr. Fauci correct about President Trump's China travel ban? No. Dr. Fauci reportedly criticized President Trump shutting down travel, according to the president, before Fauci publicly praised it when he was proved wrong. Fauci was wrong about face masks, too telling everybody not to wear a face mask unless they were sick, only to admit later that he lied in order to manipulate our behavior so we wouldn't purchase face masks so they could save the PPE for medical providers. Fauci was wrong on face masks. And what's worse, 
He lied about it. Fauci was also wrong to rely on predictive models like the faulty, easily debunked Imperial College London report written by Neil Ferguson or the University of Washington model that wasn't right ever, even on the day they made predictions. To this day, Fauci claims if we had not locked down, we would have seen millions of deaths. But that's an unfalsifiable claim. The studies show lockdowns had little to no impact on the curve of the virus epidemic. In fact, was Dr. Fauci right about the efficacy of government-mandated lockdowns and quarantine of healthy people in the first place? No, no. A new study shows people are more likely to contract COVID-19 in their own home than elsewhere. And Fauci ignored existing science that already told us lockdowns didn't work. Fauci was wrong about the fatality rate of COVID-19 when it was obvious from the beginning that the World Health Organization estimates of a 3.4% case fatality rate was based on lack of testing, selection bias. So we didn't know how many cases there were. And to this day, Dr. Fauci still will not admit that it's safe for schools to open, even though science shows that kids are more likely to die from the seasonal flu than they are to die from COVID-19. Dr. Fauci claims to rely on the science, but in the past five months, he hasn't. Dr. Fauci actually suggested that we never shake hands with anybody ever again. And it's okay to point out the truth that Dr. Fauci is repeatedly wrong. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. I'd have said the right thing, but it must have used the wrong line. I've been on the right trail. All right, we're back. Um, I mentioned the first segment right at the beginning about the event today on July 25th. And uh, it's being I don't think I mentioned who's putting it on. It's called uh, some ladies, three ladies um, called the Freedom Angels. They met at the state capitol uh, a long time ago fighting issues, political issues like homeschooling and, and mandatory vaccines. And then when this whole thing came up about shutting down our life, they began to organize a protest. They called themselves the Freedom Angels. And there's been uh, demonstrations or events planned up and down California. They're the ones planning this one. So. Uh, you can go on their uh, Facebook site, Freedom Angels, and uh, join it. And then you can follow it, and you can follow what's going on. So in we're in Yuba County, in Sutter County right here, Yuba, Sutter County, two counties in Northern California, but right to the east of us, going up kind of towards I-80 that goes all the way across the United States. Uh, I-80 kind of connects above uh, Nevada County, up in Nevada County, above Nevada City, Grass Valley. And uh, anyway, in Nevada County, which goes all the way up into like uh, Truckee uh, and Lake Tahoe or, Do- or towards Tahoe and Lake Donner Lake and such. In Nevada County, they're shutting down all these businesses and restaurants and all that stuff. And so the on their Facebook site, Freedom Angels, they filed an action against the county health officer of Nevada County because the health officer was going around putting notices on doors telling them to close, and the businesses were refusing to close. And so they filed a complaint with the uh, 
the county sheriff, who is the highest and most powerful elected official in the county. And uh, so that happened yesterday. And so there are uh, these uh, initial efforts to use our judicial system to fight back against the government. Now, I was on a plane coming back from uh, Boise, Idaho, this uh, last weekend when uh, I was there training some TIP volunteers, and I wasn't wearing a mask. I was the only one that I could see. I never saw one other person in the Denver Denver Airport, the Boise Airport, or the Las Vegas Airport. These are all hops I took getting back and forth that did not have a mask on except me. And, uh, and they let me on three times on three different legs. And then they really gave me a hard time on the last leg. But what kind of took the cake, uh, was that the captain came on. He must've heard that I, I wasn't like, uh, I didn't stop the flow of people getting into their seats and I didn't make a big public. I mean, nobody probably knew anything was going on. I just had to talk with the ladies there that were running the, uh, the cabin area, taking care of the folks. And I, I don't want, you know, they're just doing their job. So anyway, Southwest is mandated, uh, Southwest air that you have to have a mask uh, to get on their plane. And, and so I got on with that one. And so they said to me, you know, we got to have, anyway, I don't want to take a lot of radio time anyway. So the long short of it is I put on a mask and then they gave me water and I took it off. And so, but the captain came on and he said this, which is a total lie complete so many people that are in places of authority i mean the captain of the plane that you're trusting your life with this guy and he comes on the uh, the intercom and says it's a state law in california and nevada that you have got to wear a mask now that's a damn lie now if southwest air or walmart or any private business wants to say you have to wear a pink g-string to get on this plane or you got to wear white tennis shoes or you have to wear a San Francisco Giants baseball cap to get on this plane. That's up to them. And they can do that. And you can say, well, I'm not going to fly with you guys anymore because I don't believe in that. And and that's the, the, uh, the purchaser and the seller have a right to both make those choices in our country still. It's called free enterprise. So a person can make uh, restrictions on you uh, going along, cooperating. And to do business, like right now, there's all these big box stores that you got to have a mask. So they can do that. What they what's what's wrong about it is for them to say that it is a state law. There is no state law. There is no state law. In fact, I I get a kick out of some of my medical friends that are liberal, and they just get all they get their undies all in a big old bundle. Oh, I've been a I've been a surgery nurse for eighteen years. You know what you've been? You've been a you've been a slave nurse that you put that mask on because they told you to, because if you didn't put it on, they're gonna fire you. That's part of the uniform, right? You don't know Jack Diddley about masks. You don't know any more than the homeless person on the street about masks. You just put it on because they told you to, because you're a nurse and you gotta obey or you're not going to be able to work. So if they told you to put on pink panties, you would, or you could go work someplace else. Now, that's just the way it is. But just because these people say, oh, well, I've been a surgery nurse. So what? You've been a surgery nurse. I don't care what you've been a surgery nurse. Tell me about your knowledge of masks, the science of masks. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, so it's interesting. I just saw this deal about uh, in Washington, D.C., 
They they mandated everybody's got to wear masks, except lawmakers do not have to wear masks. And government employees do not have to wear masks. If masks are going to save everybody's life, and this this damn virus is so vicious, and it's just going to kill people left and right, which it's not. It's all a big lie. Then every single person wouldn't dare go out without a mask if that mask saved people's lives. This mask thing is a total crock of crap. And anybody... There's, you know, it'd be one thing if all the medical people were lined up and and all the mass people were lined up saying the same thing, but they they are not even close. There's like people backstabbing people on this max mass thing in the medical world all every day. You can find it. It isn't just a bunch of lay people that that have never worked in the medical field. And just because you worked in a medical field doesn't mean Jack Diddley. It's like, how much do you know about viruses and the holes in those masks? Now, it's an interesting thing because uh, the hospital in our area that allows the trauma intervention program volunteers to go in and help families after a disaster hits the family, like a death or something, car accident. At one time, they said, hey, we need you guys to be TB tested, and we need all your volunteers to, to wear masks. But... You don't just get a, a, to wear a mask when you go to the hospital. You have to be fit tested. I thought, what in the world is fit tested? Fit tested is where they f- you have to practice putting different forms and shapes and sizes of masks on your face, and then they put a hood over you, tighten it around your neck, and they inject a strong odor into the hood. And if you can still smell that odor through the mask, that mask does not fit you right. So then you've got to try a different size mask. And so that's called a fit test. And people that work in the hospital have to all take those fit tests every year to then determine what type of mask, size of mask that they need. Because otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. It's not stopping jack. Uh, those pharmaceutical masks that they're wearing when they're working on people. So nobody is getting fit tests. I watched people on that plane the other day. They said, oh, you got to wear a mask. People had a mask down around their chin. They were exempting their nose. They had all kinds of weird-looking masks, bandanas, all kinds of crap. And it's just all it was, They just all they wanted to do is satisfy the rule. It had nothing to do with my health. I said, I can't breathe that mask. It, it compromises my health. She said, don't worry about your health. Just put the damn mask on. I said, oh, that's a really cool idea because this whole thing is supposed to be about health, preventing this virus. And now, you know, the lie was in the beginning, you know, they keep saying, oh, another five people tested positive. That doesn't even mean they're sick. It just means they're healthy. They got checked. And, and there was a sign they had COVID at one time. They didn't even know they had it. So they tested positive. So what? Who cares? Right? I just had a talk. I went to the gym tonight. The gym's not even supposed to be open. I went to the gym. It's open. And I was talking to a guy. There's so much misinformation. It just that's why the government can buffalo everybody. So anyway, Washington, D.C., Mayor Muriel Bowser, uh, mask mandate, orders three-year-olds from – if you're older than two, you got to wear a mask to cover their faces and it exempts lawmakers and government employees that are on duty. 
she uh, let's see what I, I don't want to spend all time on just Washington, D.C., but it's just such nonsense. The enforcement provisions of this order, it's an order. It's not a law. She just decided to tell you to do that. Screw her. The enforcement provisions of this order shall not be applied to persons in the judicial or legislative branches of the district government while those persons are on duty and shall not apply to any employees of the federal government while they are on duty. The Metropolitan Police Department is authorized to enforce this order on all of those ages 18 and older violators can be fined a thousand dollars so the other day i went to a court uh two days ago three days ago monday i think or two i don't know i can't even keep track of the time anymore uh i went to drug court uh with a lady that's graduating from drug court that we've been working with and uh, we were all there celebrating with her and uh so uh anyway the whole courtroom was masked up except me so I thought, oh, I did. I didn't even know you. I wondered whether you're going to have to have a mask, but nobody said anything. They just let me get around, get by with it. But they were all masked up. This is exempting them here, over there in Washington D.C. Now this, now this uh, in Washington D.C. They also say all persons who reside on any residential property where there's single family. This is so ridiculous. This is communism, people. When they're telling you what now, we got Gavin Newsom's telling restaurants what a legitimate meal is, like a salad. And and if I wanted to have a salad and a beer with it, or I, I wanted to have a salad outside, I can't eat. They don't consider that a full meal. I thought, that's all I eat, hardly. Anyway, it says people, now, now they're going to hold residential property people accountable. Whether it's single family, multiple family, and irrespective of whether they own or rent a property, must ensure that all persons on the residential property, including guests, comply with all applicable guidelines of any... Br- it's just ridiculous. It's just totally ridiculous. Now, this, this, uh, I've, I've said this before, and people say, I, I, I know people, you know, there's people on Facebook that I know they, you know, I, I like them. I mean, maybe they don't like me anymore. I don't really care. Uh, but they're, they're former medical people. Why don't you just wear the damn mask? Just quit complaining. Just wear the damn mask. Can't you just get over it? Just or some gal said, "Hey, uh, quit complaining about it. We got to wear. Ladies got to wear bras. You can wear a mask." I thought, "Screw the bra. I'm not going to wear a bra. If you don't want to wear a bra, don't wear a bra. I'm not going to wear a mask. How about that? And I got a right to not wear it. And I'm not going to infect you with anything. If anything, if you believe in that mask, I'm the vulnerable one." So this gal, this gal's being interviewed. She is a surgery nurse. Now, I told you about Dr. Gundry, who has done 10,000 heart surgeries and said that they've done double-blind studies on masks before COVID and said that masks actually uh, are, are worse on contaminating the, the patient than wearing a mask. Masks are worse than not wearing a mask. And he said the reason is because it, it rubs against your face and flecks of your skin and stuff drops into the cavity that you're opening the heart or the gut or whatever. And he said, but, but, uh, medicine is stuck on tradition. So it takes a very long time to change things in medicine. So this gal named Kate, she'd been um, in the operating room for decades. Uh, so says this gal says, but Kate, don't you wear a mask when you're in the operating room? You of all people should be advocating for people wear a mask. She says, I'm so glad you asked. Let's break down a few points. Now, this gets kind of long, but 
But this gal basically just says it's BS. She says, one, in the surgery setting, we wear masks for a couple of reasons, none of which have much anything to do with preventing the spread of viruses. The first is to prevent bacteria particles from our nose and mouth from entering the patient's surgical cavity. This is not because anyone is sick. This is because we all carry pathogenic material in our airways that normally are a non-issue. But when a patient is in a compromised state from being given general anesthesia and having their body sliced open, they become more susceptible to these opportunistic microbes we all carry. We all carry. We don't just get them when COVID comes around. The second purpose of the mask and surgery is to prevent exposure of the provider, that's a doctor, the nurse, whatever, to the patient's fluids and tissue. Interesting to note, in many countries, the circulating nurse doesn't wear a mask. Only those hovering over or hovering over the surgical site put on the PPE, the protective devices. Secondly, not all masks are created equal, and most people have no idea which masks are for which circumstances, and that most masks provide little, if any, protection against viruses. The right mask worn incorrectly increases risk. Did you hear that? Increases risk. The masks typically worn in the operating room are simply medical-grade surgical masks like the one I'm wearing right now and are not recommended for use when the presence of small particulate and aerosolized pathogens are in play, like sneezing and stuff. They're great for keeping the team spit out of the patient's incision while they communicate during surgery and prevents chunks of tissue and blood spatter from being on the inadvertent lunch menu. But but aside from that, they're really just little human breath collectors. Instances when one would don a N95 respirator would be things like a case with a TB positive patient. And we are fit tested. You remember I told you about fit testing and we are fit tested for those and given a specific mask type to use in such cases. The fit test, I won't explain. She just explains what I already just told you because I've done, I've, I've been fit tested. Every tip volunteer was fit tested. It's a big pain in the rear. She says last Lastly, in my 15-plus years in healthcare, I have witnessed more improper use of PPE than I can quantify. I've been, I've been seasoned, seen seasoned medical professionals contaminate themselves and everything around them in a matter of seconds. Using equipment without the proper knowledge or training is a recipe for disaster, and in this case, increased exposures. Increased exposure. Unless you're thoroughly read through the literature, unless you've thoroughly read through the literature and understand the approved uses, application, and removal process, appropriate discarding protocols, etc., you should probably just sit down and stop promoting inappropriate and unsafe mask use. God, have you noticed? Just watch people. I watched people on the plane the other day. I always watch people anyway, not to judge them. I'm just curious. People were playing with that mask like a little boy playing with his pecker. I mean, it's just like a ridiculous. They had a, they just couldn't keep their hands off that dang mask. So if you're not planning on doing some surgery, Kate says, while you shop for groceries or take a walk in the park, your mask is really just serving to warm your face and harbor some of those germs you're so terrified of right in front of your airway. And if you're wearing a sock or underwear on your face or rocking a band, rocking a bandana, 
like we're in the Wild West, you're simply creating more laundry for yourself, but doing absolutely nothing to stop the spread of pathogens. And I have to say, I am a little disappointed to see so many educated, quote unquote, medical professionals promoting unsafe, baseless practices and seemingly forgetting their foundational knowledge. Then she goes on and says, none of this even touches on the negative health impacts that can be caused from extended mask use, chronic fear, anxiety, and allowing others to make decisions for you because you don't feel informed or empowered enough to make them yourself. I'll save that for another post. Then she goes on and lists all these uh, websites that gives you more information about technical information on masks. And I'm telling you, when I went to those airports, three different airports, including four airports, Sacramento, Denver, Boise, and Las Vegas, people were throwing shade my way. Like, what? what's up with you, dude? You got an issue? One guy actually turned around in the first plane in Sacramento and got all pissed off at me and, and raised his voice and said, put your mask on. I thought, I thought, yeah, partner, you just keep, you just hunker down up there with your mask and I'm just going to do fine back here. Anyway, uh, this gal gives like about 20 or 30 websites. If you really want to get in this mask thing, the mask things is BS. If you want to wear one, I talked to my doctor friend today. I'm not going to bring up his name, get him in trouble. But he said, Lou, I wear a mask at work for one reason, because I have to, to work there. They won't, they won't employ me if I don't wear it. So he says, I wear a face shield. He says it does absolutely nothing to protect the person I'm working on or protect me. It's just a total waste of time. Now, here is a thing that's freaky. Oh, we're, we're about out of time. So uh, I want to talk. Uh, first, I'm going to mention tuberculosis. Then I'm going to talk about treating COVID-19. I think you're going to be surprised what you hear because it's going to be a shocker. All right, we'll be right back. Hi folks, this is Chick Wilfong and I know Poncho Villa. If you're interested in capture repair, go to www.chickwilfong.com and click on the store. Well, I'm headed over to East Texas to shoot some commercials in the morning for one of my sponsors and I stopped at Cisco, Texas at the Allsup's to get a bottle of water. As I got to the door, a young family was coming out, young man and his young daughter. He started to open the door. I grabbed the door, pulled it open, held it open for him. He said, thank you, sir. I said, you're very welcome, sir. About the time the wife comes out holding a little boy, thank you, sir, for holding the door. You're very welcome, ma'am. They went on their way. I went on mine. Very casual, very cordial, very respectful encounter. And what if I told you that that family was black? Would it make any difference? wouldn't make any difference. It makes zero difference. Politeness is politeness. Being good to your fellow man is being good to your fellow man. And all you assholes that keep drumming up racial division can kiss my ass. I I don't have, you know, I don't have a police detail because I don't want that outside of my apartment door every day. That doesn't make me feel safe. That doesn't make me feel secure. You know, of course, there are instances when we have our town halls, et cetera, you know, but I don't I don't want to live my life that way. People ask me, what does a world 
where we defund the police, where, you know, defunding police looks like, I tell them it looks like a suburb. Politically, the most important thing that the world revolves around is school funding. People will uproot their entire lives. You will see people go nuts for school funding. A lot of wealthy areas, their PTAs, add millions of dollars to school operating budgets. So these kids aren't subject to a, a school um, to prison pipeline. When teenagers go into high school in Westchester County, they don't get patted down. They don't have to go through metal detectors and they have school counselors. There'll be five, six school counselors. So of course this doesn't happen. Um, in suburbs. I would say this isn't reflective of the community. It's reflective of our policy. AOC. Man, I swear to God, she thinks she's smart than everybody. AOC thinks she's Socrates. <laughs> she thinks whatever she says, nothing could go wrong. She knows everything. <laughs> Keep in mind, everything she's advocating for, it's never worked anywhere. <laughs> I don't even think anybody has ever tried this. Because it's like common sense. It won't work. <laughs> it's like common sense. Yeah. She's advocating for this stuff. But anyway, if I was a politician, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm working in the House of Representatives. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get rid of all the cops. <laughs> it's going to make everything better. You know what I would say to myself, man? That is crazy. That's insane. What does a court system look without cops? I mean, if you're going to defund the cops, AOC, right? Let's say you do this. You defund the cops. Yeah. What the hell you need judges for? Ain't nobody getting arrested. Hey, why you there? Get rid of all the prisons. Yeah. You ain't got no judge. You ain't got no cops. <laughs> ain't nobody getting arrested. Ain't nobody to watch the inmates. You got to let them go. You think they're just going to walk around and take care of each other? A court system with no cops. Hell. Hey. hey. You get rid of all the them. Yeah. You got to get rid of the DMV. Yeah. You don't need the DMV no more. You don't need driver's license. You don't need registration. You don't have to worry about that. It's no more cops. <laughs> That's the only reason why I have a driver's license and registration. <laughs> because if I get pulled over by the cops, if you don't have that, you're going to jail. You know what, AOC? I even get rid of my damn auto insurance. <laughs> that shit's expensive. You know what, AOC? I think this is a good idea. You're going to save me all kinds of money. <laughs> Hey, L.C., have you ever thought about the fines that your city, the revenue, they would lose from fines if you got rid of all the cops? Have you ever thought about that? Let's concentrate on the most important thing. The crime. <laughs> Jiggy, think about the crime rates. <laughs> think about it. There's crimes going unsolved. Rapes, murders. That's with the cops. So I see what she's saying now. I get where she's coming from. Yeah. It's not the criminals, it's not the rapists, it's not the robbers, it's not the pedophiles. It's, yeah. It's not the it's not the criminals. Yeah. It's the cops instigating all this. <laughs> Hello, Clark's cops. Oh, someone's breaking into your house right now? Okay. So for two cops to show up to defend you, just to be there with the president with sirens is seventy nine ninety seven. Do you want them to be armed? Okay, that's another $149.97. And I need to pay $79.97 for each cop that shows up to your house. That's two cop minimum. Uh, so it's about $160. So total, you're looking at $497.97 for a cop, two cops to come there and, and, and assist you, but they're not allowed to fire their weapon. If you want them to fire their weapon, that's another $997.97. Plus $40.38 for every round. 
They're breaking in right now? Where's your credit card? All right, you can wire to us, but we're not going to be able to come out until the wire's complete. Oh, they're choking you? Are oh, you dead? All right, we lost another one. Take this mask and shut. I ain't wearing it no more. Y'all look at me like I'm from Mars when I don't wear it in the store. Don't even try to make me put it on or I'm walking out the door. Take this mask and shut. Been shopping in this place for almost 15 years. And I've seen all kinds of viruses, but I've never lived in fear. Now I know that Corona's real, and it probably ain't a lot to ask. But I ain't a bank robber, and I ain't the Lone Ranger, and I don't want to wear this mask. Take this mask and shove it. I ain't wearing it no more Y'all look at me like I'm the devil When I don't wear it in the store Don't even try to make me put it on Or I'm walking out the door Take this mask and shove it I ain't wearing it no more COVID-19's a real bad dude And they say there ain't no cure Hydroxychloroquine or a new vaccine I just can't be sure Think I'll drink a little shine every morning When I start my day Might not kill the virus But it'll give me the courage to say Take this mask and shove it Corona needs to be gone My woman stays home Spends all my money On Amazon I just want to hug everybody Like I did before So take this plague and shut We ain't taking it no more And take this mask and shut all right, now you remember in this uh, little rant I did with Kate, the, the uh, operating room nurse, uh, when she did the rant on um, masks, she mentioned tuberculosis. She said we would wear a particular type of mask if there was tuberculosis. Now, it's interesting because this was a post on social media. It says tuberculosis. TB spreads through. Now, I want you to listen to this. COVID spreads through the air, right? They say through the air. They've said all kinds of things. Oh, it's on wood surfaces, on metal surfaces. What about on plastic surfaces? What about on cardboard surfaces? Now they say they reversed all that. There isn't one thing that they've said that's been true all the way through. <coughs> it says TB spreads through the air when an infected person talks coughs and sneezes that's exactly what they've been saying about covid when you talk little teeny droplets fly out of there and that's why you're honoring your brother that's six feet away from you your brother or sister 
a fellow human on the earth, you're respecting them by wearing this funky mask, and it's going to catch those little droplets before they fly all over the place and land on their face. According to the CDC, TB, then this is the Centers for Disease Control, or what I call the Center for Democrat Control, but it's totally corrupted. We ought to just shut the whole dang thing down. TB, according to the CDC, is the leading did you hear what I said? Not just one of many. It's the leading infectious disease. You want to say this again? TB is the leading. This is this, this is the American Centers for Disease Control. This isn't the World Health Organization. TB is the leading infectious disease. Claiming, claiming, that means it killed. In all of us, that means claim here means killed. It killed 1.5 million people. Each year, there's 7 billion people in the world. This is 1.5 million going down for CDC. Now, what do you think the prescription is here for it? This is pretty serious, right? You remember that that guy that was uh, screwing his friend's wife over there in uh, Britain that uh, from Imperial College? He was violating all the state, stay apart, stay safe, and he was like committing adultery. Uh, while he was telling everybody you got to be six feet apart, and he he's the one that said there's going to be 2.2 million people die, right? And nothing like that's happening. So anyway, this CDC says we're killing or they're dying 1.5 million each year and infecting 23% of the population. However, there's no mass hysteria. Go- Fauci is not having, he's not peeing his pants all night. There's no stay at home orders. There's no business shutdowns, no mandates. The question is why? The question is why? Now, I'm, I'm going to go down here and I'm going to talk about a guy that I stumbled across. You can watch it on, um, you can watch it on YouTube. It's a, it's a 30 minute interview. And this is a Christian doctor. Doesn't have to be a Christian doctor. There's lots of doctors saying similar things, but didn't come up with this this deal. Different doctors are using different deals. Now, here's the interesting thing. I stumbled onto this fact by talking to medical people in our local area in Yuba Sutter County's Northern California. You know, when you go to the doctor, you feel sick. <clears throat> Normally, you go to the doctor and you feel sick. And whether you got the the swine flu, you got the flu. You got flu A, flu B. There's a flu A, flu B right now. You got the flu. You go to the doctor. They they treat you. They check you over. They 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 take your blood pressure. They check your uh, blood oxygen. They take your temperature. They they do all the stuff, right? They ask you all these questions, and then they treat. They give you a prescription if it's appropriate, right? They treat you at the local doctor. That's a preemptive treatment so you don't get worse and end up going to the hospital. If you get worse and worse and worse, you always end up in the hospital, right? But in medical science in America, our approach is you go to your local doctor, they preempt they preemptively deal with whatever symptoms you have. In other words, you're sick enough to think, I'm not going to be able to deal with this at home and go see the doctor. So then but you don't want to go to the hospital because hey, that's expensive, right? So you go to the doctor. With COVID-19 in Yuba-Sutter counties, I can't talk about any other county in California. 
But it isn't being done this way elsewhere. We're using the China method. The China method is that if you get diagnosed with COVID, you go home and you isolate yourself. And it just happened to my next door neighbor. The guy's about 25, 30. And he got a fever and he got a, he, he was feeling funky and he went over to the hospital and they, they diagnosed him and he had COVID supposedly. And, and I said, well, what'd they do? Cause I, I know what these doctors are, are giving people. So I said, well, what'd they give you? They said they put him on an IV at the hospital. I, cause that's usually just liquid, right? Cause he's got a fever. And then what? They said, go home and stay in my room. I said, stay in your room. Stay in your room for a certain amount of days. I said, you got any medicine? No medicine. So what they're doing, and I talked to my friend who works at a clinic. A doctor works in a local clinic. You would, you would recognize it here locally. They will not entertain any COVID patients. If they, if they outside the clinic, if they take your test and you got COVID, they send you home. They do not treat you. They just send you home to have COVID. And if you survive, you survive. If you get sick, really sick, they tell you to go to the hospital. They are not treating COVID in the doctor's offices like they would the typical flu. I was shocked. And and that's called this Dr. Richard Bartlett, MD, out of, uh, out of Texas. He's 28-year year in the business. And he's been on all kinds of statewide commissions to improve the health of Texas. And he works at the ER. He does some tours of duty at the ER. And he treats COVID patients. In other words, if you're sick with COVID, so so the word I got locally was, if you go into a clinic and you, you're actively sick with COVID, then anybody that comes into contact with you is now quarantined and they have to go home. All the nurses and all these clerical people, right? But this guy is treating in Texas. He's treating people, uh, and he's been treating them since March. And he's been, he's got a hundred percent cure rate, even people that are old and sick with cancer. He's curing them of COVID. And, uh, but he's treating them in the doctor's office. And I've, I've, I've seen other guys come on, on the YouTube and say, I'm treating people for COVID, but they are not doing that here in California. I don't think they're sending them to the hospital. Then they're complaining. Oh my God, the hospital's going to get all full. Well, can you imagine, let's forget COVID. Can you imagine if every person that got the common cold or they got diarrhea, let's just say diarrhea, they got diarrhea. Every person that got diarrhea went to the hospital instead of their common doctor. Well, we don't we don't design hospitals to have everybody go there. That's we don't want them to go there. We want them to go to the common, the average, the, the family physician. It's just what and so what this Doctor Bartlett said. The Chinese method and the and what the Italians use is just what we're doing here in California. Is we wait till people get really funky sick, then they put them on a ventilator and kill them. So this guy came up uh, with. Uh, using a nebulizer, you can use an inhaler, but it isn't as effective. But a nebulizer is is a machine you just plug in the wall, and you put a couple of drops of your medication in the little uh, the compartment, 
And a five-minute treatment will turn this around because it's an anti, it's a anti-inflammatory steroid called bedusonide, like bud, like Bud Light, bud, E-S-O-N-I-D-E, bedusonide, bedesonide, bedesonide. It's administered through a nebulizer. And uh, then he also gives uh, an antibiotic and some zinc because zinc really raises havoc with if you can get zinc in any in any drugstore anywhere over the counter. Zinc really shakes up viruses. It just screws with them, plays with them. Zinc does. And uh, so he also gives them clarithomycin to combat secondary bacterial pneumonia. So he gives them the inhaler, the the uh, nebulizer. And on top of that, he gives them clarithomycin and then also zinc. And he says 24 hours, boom, people really feeling funky, sick, got it handled. You'd think... Now, you'd think everybody would catch on to that, right? You'd think we'd do that, doing that in Yuba Sutter County. You'd think Dr. Lou would have that down by now because here old Lou Benninger didn't even make it out of college. I got that figured out, right, because I'm paying attention. I'm looking, right? I'm checking things out. I'm not buying all this baloney. By the way, do you know that Dr. Fauci was asked to throw – did you know that baseball season started? You know how stupid this thing is? I saw it on TV tonight. I don't have a TV at home, but I saw it on TV at the gym, and I saw the Dodgers and Giants are playing, and they have cardboard cutouts of people behind the home plate so the pitcher isn't just looking at empty seats. And the fascinating thing about it is they're not social distancing. They're just sitting right close to, together. They're, they're, just, they're just sitting right close together. But Dr. Fauci was asked to throw out the the first pitch at the Nationals game, and he couldn't throw it. He threw, he threw, he must not have practiced. I mean, if I was asked to throw out the first pitch, I would go somewhere and practice. I'd throw a few pitches just to see if I still had it. Because, you you know, you forget the the muscle memory's gone, right, to to be able to throw it from the mound and get it kind of towards the catcher. He threw it, and it went right directly into the ground. I would not go to a doctor that couldn't throw the first pitch. If a guy wouldn't take the time to throw, he could go out in the backyard and just throw a can of peaches across the backyard. Why couldn't he do that? How come he couldn't do it right? He screwed that up. This Fauci guy, do you know this Fauci guy is the guy that screwed up the swine flu thing with, with President Obama? Do you remember President Obama? We had the swine flu, the H1N1. And they were so screwed up in government running the management of that that Obama told them. Now you think, oh, yeah, Trump, 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 Trump. Oh, Obama, Obama, Obama. One thing, one thing that's driving me nuts is the everyday statistics. Oh, one more got sick. Oh, one more tested. They, they don't even say sick. Tested positive. It has nothing to do with sick. It's just all a statistical game to freak you out well you know the more people it's just like this if you wanted to know for instance right now how many people have herpes in yuba sutter counties we have no idea right so if they started checking them and just and not like a herpes where you got to broke out on your skin you know how the you know what herpes is how it breaks out on your skin blisters and stuff 
So you just take, let's just take a few 10,000 Yubisota residents and test them, do a blood draw or something, and check them, see if they have herpes. And no sign of it, but it's in their system. It's a virus, the herpes virus. There's no, there's no solution for it, just like HIV that becomes AIDS. AIDS. There's not a complete solution for that. There's some some help, but not total. So if they started check, checking people every day, 500 here, 500 there, 500 here, 500 there, and every day they put 50 more people have herpes, 50 more people, 75 more people have herpes, 25 more people. Oh, no, 33 people today have herpes. Those people just didn't get herpes. They've had herpes for years. Just like this COVID, they've had COVID for a long time. They didn't even know they had it because their immune system just whacked it down. It wasn't this killer. Like one day you feel great and then you go to work and you drop dead on the forklift you're driving. It just, you know, honestly, people, there's so much crap. Uh, So do you know that there's some countries where no one has even died? Vietnam, no one's died. Taiwan, you know what the total number of deaths in Taiwan? 25 million people in Taiwan. You know how many many deaths? They could all fit in a minivan. Seven. Singapore, not one death. Why? Because they're treating the dang illness. They're treating it. They have a prescription and they're treating it instead of letting people get so darn sick. Jeez. This is so ridiculous, man. This is so incompetent and ridiculous. This is the best. This is the best that we can do in the United States of America. We got some idiot lard hair down there. Governor, he doesn't know jack about anything. And he's trying to tell us how to run our businesses, how, how to like whether we got the alcohol beverage control with their hands all over us because you have to have all these special licenses to I wish I was younger. I'd just open up a bar and I'd go down to lick. I'd go down to these these grocery stores, buy liquor, and just sell it right over the bar. I wouldn't even go through all these licenses. I'm so sick of this. This is just BS. They now they're trying to say, well, you know, you're really violating the ABC code because we don't think that a that a an AJ's tuna melt is a legitimate sandwich. It's a full meal. Honestly, if you go to AJ's sandwich shop and you ate one of their sandwiches, if you needed another one, you're one glutton, man. Those sandwiches will knock a guy out. Salads. Lots of people eat salads. That's the only thing they eat is a salad with some chicken on it or whatever. Now the governor is now the governor. Can you imagine the founding fathers? If they if they realized, maybe they do. Maybe they can from heaven. They they're fully aware of how crazy this thing is right now, where the government is up in your business about when you can leave your house, how far you got to be from each other, whether or not something is a sandwich or not, what kind of food is legitimate food to have your business open. Well, let's see. Calamari is not really, or, or like chicken wings, is not going to work. All this micromanaging. Who are these people? You know, so have you ever wondered who are these incompetent bureaucrats? Who, if if the whole country collapsed, they would starve to death because there wouldn't be anything for them to do. Nobody would need them for anything. What who, what do you think you would need if the country collapsed? 
Well, I would be interested in knowing a farmer, right? I would be interested in knowing someone that knew something about the human body and medical, right? But all the rest of the paper pushers, they could drop dead to hell with them. They're not going to be helpful. They're not contributing anything to society. Paper pushers? They, if they drop dead, you don't even miss them. They keep track. They keep statistics. I When I was working at the Church of Glad Tidings, we had 18 acres of pomegranates. And I had this guy that kept calling me every year. We need you to fill out the form to tell how many tons of pomegranates, how many of this. I said, I'm not going to fill out your damn form. Go find something else to do to help society. All you're going to do is keep track. You're going to take my figures, put them on some other sheet, and put them up on the shelf in a three-ring binder. And then I'm going to pay our tax dollars, pay you to do that. You run around a little white truck with a little, little clipboard. And that's what you went to Cal State Sacramento to get a degree. And your mom's happy about that? Did you drive around and count up how many tons of peaches or pomegranates or and then turn it into some other report who turns it into some other report who turns it into some other report and then some bureaucrat like lard hair stands up and tells people how many tons of pomegranate honestly people it's ridiculous the whole thing is ridiculous oh man oh man oh man oh man okay okay so uh we're coming down to a break I, I I got some people that helped me stay doing this, and one of them's Monty Hecker at Elite Universal Security. I want to give him a shout-out before we shut down here for our third section. He's looking for some good people that want to work. I had a guy I referred to him the other day. He wants somebody that isn't a doper, that isn't a tweaker, that can show up on the showdown and is hungry to learn and is responsible, is a hard worker, and is kind, Right? And he's going to teach them how to be in the guard business, security business. And actually, you want to embellish it and go beyond that. You can become a law enforcement official. So if you want to do that, you can call Monty at 530-749-0280. If you bought a gun and you need a, a permit, if you're going to get one of those permits, I'm not. But if you want to, that's what they say you have to do. But that's violating the Constitution. If you want a permit... He'll help you get that with his gun class. F call him at 530-749-0280. If you need a job, if you need to uh, work through that class to get the permit, the concealed weapon permit, he can help you. If you don't know how to use a gun but you're getting a gun, I just I got an article that tells, I think gun sales over last year at this same time are up about 150%. It's just unbelievable right now. So, uh, you may not be from here, Yuba Sutter, but Monty Hecker is taking care of security needs all the way up into the southern Oregon, all the way below Sacramento. So you can work in other counties, and they're protecting all kinds of stuff, residential, government, farming, all kinds of things. So um, check it out. Also, if, if you're needing some security, I, it's wild out there right now. It's wild. So maybe you didn't need security for 20, 30 years, but now you're thinking people are just lifting, taking stuff and walking off with it. And uh, Monty can help you with that, and they can they can help uh, prevent uh, problems. Monty Hecker, Elite Universal Security, 5548 Federal Boulevard. They'll sign you up for the petition. They'll, sign, they'll register you to vote. 
Monty is a patriot. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is our third section, and we're going to come back and get it on here in a second. I'm going to sing it to my friends. With a gold round and circle. When it fly high like a bird up in the sky. You have reached the 911 police emergency line. Due to defunding of the police department, we're sorry, but no one is here to take your call. If you're calling to report a rape, please press 1. To report a murder, press 2. To report a home invasion, press 3. For all other crimes, leave your name and number, and someone will get back to you. Our estimated wait time is currently five days. Goodbye. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. You're married to this piece. This weapon of iron and wood, and you will be faithful. Hard hit. Prepare to mount. time a fucking black life matter to you damn negroes that like to scream victimization is when a damn white man kills somebody folks the problem with trayvon martin and the problem with michael brown is the same problem don't hit a grown man who's carrying a gun cop or no cop don't hit a grown man carrying a gun american people and you know black people were, uh, always walk around with a chip on their shoulder because they're black daring anybody to say anything to them and our society has been hijacked and kidnapped and pushed into a corner where no one can say anything publicly about black people if you do they call you a racist and a bigot so the true thoughts and true dialogue between white folk and black folk cannot go forward because you cannot speak your mind or the truth without being called a racist if you say anything about the spirits of black folk, the habits of black folk. Our niggas sitting right on here watching world style hip hop. Y'all sitting right up here on YouTube. See all these black women on here naked, shaking their asses all on camera. Y'all don't say nothing about that. 
Y'all don't send letters to YouTube. Y'all don't try to send YouTube no kind of... Y'all don't try to call YouTube and complain about the nudity of black women. Y'all don't do much of nothing. But troll other grown men and try to bring other grown men down. And it's supposed to be the same dickhead that claimed that he for the black community. Which we all know these so-called pro-black niggas ain't for the black community. The spirit that black folk are full of black men are full of abandonment. They're full of murder. They're full of robbery. And they're full of violence. Now that is not to say that all black men are. But 70% of them are. 70% of them desert their children. 70% of them don't marry the mothers that they father children through. 101 million, 1.2 million of them are in prison. And this has nothing to do with white folk or slavery. So you can't, most, we can't have a true and meaningful dialogue about race in this nation because if you say anything against black folk, you will be drummed out of town and out of church. So folks, if every problem you have requires white folks to do something, you think that you are inferior to them. So I'm telling you, black lives matter people, you are free. I fought in the civil rights movement in the 60s. I demonstrated, I protested for civil rights, civil rights, the right to compete against everyone in America. I now compete, I now raise my grandkids to compete. I am free and I act like I'm free. I'm also a Vietnam veteran. I love my country, I love my flag. I love the opportunities available here in America. And you're not going to destroy that. Me and white men will stand together shoulder to shoulder to protest and demonstrate you and push you back. You're not gonna win this. They're saying, I can't take care of my problems. You, you're responsible, they, they will say it. They will say things like, you better start caring about us more. Are you kidding me? How can you care about me? I'm grown. <laughs> Why would you? They believe in white superiority. They believe it. I, I'm continuing to do me. And until y'all niggas address world star hip hop, until y'all niggas start addressing BET, it's just simple as that. Fuck Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter don't mean shit until y'all niggas start addressing all lives matter. Dress black on black crime that's going on in these ghettos. Niggas killing niggas every day over nothing. Seven-year-old kids getting shot in the chest. Women right here on YouTube twerking and showing their ass. But y'all niggas want to fuck with me. Fuck with David Curl. Fuck with Tommy Soderman. Yo, and call everybody else a coon. Cooning is what you fuck niggas do. Roasting all goddamn day long, you worthless pieces of shit. Yo, I'm out of peace. String in it. If she wanna bring, I would give her anything if she would just do what I say. Come round my way, baby. Shine my way. All right, welcome back. We're in the second half of the show. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a complete fraud. I don't know whether you've seen all the uh, butt kissing that's going on with the NFL, which actually should just be called the uh, BFL, Black Football League. Just move it over. I I think we just got to give it to the black folks. 
Uh, just let them have their league. And if a white guy wants to play, they want to let them play fine. Just call it the Black Football League. It's not no longer the national fo- It really doesn't represent the nation. Now they're going to uh, promote Black Lives Matter uh, on jerseys or helmets or something. Do you, do you realize that there's been all kinds of football players that wanted to uh, wear a certain emblem for a while to promote mental health awareness or to honor the pl- five police officers that were murdered in Dallas or good causes. Just want, you know, help people be conscious of certain good causes. You know, the NFL just routinely turns those down. And now we're going to honor Black Lives Matter, which is a socialist organization, has nothing to do with uh, – in fact, it actually has killed blacks. The Black Lives Matter people kill blacks. And uh, the interesting thing, I ran into this this week. Charles Wade, who's the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, he's a black guy, was arrested in 2016 for child sex trafficking. Now, child sex trafficking is modern-day slave trading. You with me? Charles Wade, co-founder of Black Lives Matter, who is asking for all kinds of things like free everything. Somebody in my in my lineage that I don't know, never heard about, but I'm black, so I'm somebody back there was probably a slave. So you need to pay me money now about that. Charles Wade, co-founder of Black Lives Matter, supposedly hurt have hurt their butt hurt over slavery was arrested in 2016 for child sex trafficking, which is modern day slave trading. The problem folks is that no matter what ethnic group you are, you've been getting jacked around by the public school system, the university system. They have been running a scam on the blacks that blacks deserve all this help. Here's the fact. University professors believe that blacks are substandard humans. They don't have the much. They don't have the intelligence. They. uh, I'm not. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just telling you what is at the base, the root of all this. They believe that evolution, and the the founding fathers, they wouldn't even entertain a leader to have a government post if he didn't believe in God, that we were created by God. They they considered people that believed that we came from a monkey or some other a bang or something as an idiot. But we have these people that are the highest paid university professors that believe that blacks just don't have the ability to perform well, so you have to just you have to just shore them up and give them money and give them jobs and, and not make them come up to the same standard. Now, that's just stupid, but that's what's going on. And so there's been all this thing that somehow America started slavery. America did not start slavery in any. There's all kinds of wonderful books, historical books that have been written on slavery, for instance. That And if you read the Bible, you know that way, 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 way before Christopher Columbus in America— uh, the United States, before the United States, slavery was just a booming business in the world. It was booming, and it's still booming, and it's being uh, propagated by blacks and uh, Middle Eastern uh, Arab, uh, Middle Eastern uh, is- Islamic people, Muslims. 
And the big lie is somehow that United States is is the big culprit, worldwide culprit on slavery. And it's just a damn lie. The British were involved in it, but they weren't just the ones involved. There were tribes. In fact, the the irony, the hilarity is that you remember the uh, some of the leaders of the Democrat Party wore these this kind of a scarf or or a thing, uh, African style scarf long scarf that draped all the way around them. And it, they thought they were, you know, going to show themselves humble and get down on their knees with a scarf around that scarf, that tribe of that scarf that that scarf came from are slave traders. And these Democrats are such idiots that they didn't even understand what they were putting around their neck. Now, listen, slave slavery has been around since the beginning of time. And the United States, uh, the British, who ran the United States before it was the United States. You remember that now? You remember your history? The British came over here, right? And this was a colony. They called them the 13 colonies, right? And they brought slaves, slaves over here to help with the farming. That was a British enterprise. What the Americans did was solved it. We fixed it. We wrote a constitution saying that all men are created equal. That didn't that didn't fix it overnight. See, Black Lives Matter isn't fixing anything overnight. They're burning down buildings. But they point to the early days of the United States and say, How come you how come so and so had a slave? Hey, everybody had slaves. It was popular all the way around the world. Blacks had slaves. Blacks had black slaves. There was all kinds of slaves of different flavors. And so the interesting thing about the the all these statues being tur- torn down, those the men that d- did the Constitution, even though some of them held slaves, felt, hey, this is wrong and we need to eliminate it. But you just can't wave it. You, you ever wanted you ever gone down and lobbied at the state capitol or wrote a letter, made a phone call? tried to change something. I've done that all the time. Local. I can't even have any influence on the local things. And then you think, oh, well, you should have just, just stopped having slavery. Oh, really? Just stopped having slavery, just like that. It took 600,000 people dying to stop slavery. And a lot of other things going on. The miracle is that the people driven by that Constitution, the Constitution we have today, got rid of slavery. We got rid of it, and so did England. But other countries have never got rid of it. Now, the interesting thing to me, the more I learn about this, I just think we have been such dupes, and the teachers either were so stinking ignorant in our school system, dumbed down. The colleges are such indoctrination places. In fact, if you are thinking about paying to put your kids in college, you should go and take some of the Zoom classes. It It will scare the hell out of you. These Zoom, you know what? One of the things that this COVID has done is they're going online, and you're, these kids are taking classes online, and their parents are watching them and saying, "You're kidding me! I'm paying twenty thousand dollars for that? That idiot right there? That guy is so full of crap! I don't want, I don't want my kids sitting in that, and I'm paying for that. Some little sissy teaching up in front of the class, get, filling you full of crap." You know who the first slaves that came to America were? They weren't blacks. In 1619, 
a hundred white children from Ireland were brought over here as slaves. You remember I said that dude, that BLM guy, Black Lives Matter guy, was in the child sex trade. He was arrested in 2016. The first slave shipped to American colonies in 1619 were 100 white children from Ireland. Four months, that was four months before the arrival of the first shipment of black slaves. Many were brought from Ireland, where the law held that it was no more sin to kill an Irishman than a dog or any other brute. Oh, you mean, you mean more than blacks were considered just like property? Yep. Irishmen were considered that by the British. King James II, followed by Charles I and Oliver Cromwell, sold over 500,000 Irish Catholics into slavery throughout the 1600s. They put them into plantations in the West Indies. You remember the remember Columbus stumbled into the West Indies. The West Indies islands of Antigua, Montserrat, Jamaica, Barbados, as well as Virginia and New England. Irish slaves were less expensive than African slaves and treated with more cruelty and even death. You know, uh, remember Kamala Harris, right, our senator here in California? She is not from Africa. Did you know that? She talks like she is, but one of her parents is from Jamaica, right? And one of her parents is from India. But she talks it up like, oh, my slave background. It's interesting when you actually look into things and find out what's going on. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about a cashless society. People are running into stores and they're saying, Oh, sorry, out of, we're out of coin. So we'll just have to round it up and take an extra 70 cents from you. You don't have exact change. No. So we'll just have to keep that extra 70 cents. It's legalized theft. It's robbery. It's, it's government robbery. The government is allowing people to steal from you. I want to tell you what a cashless society think. Oh, well, you know, we could probably just use a card and it's not going to be any big deal. Let me see. Let me give you some of the ramifications. A cashless society means no cash, zero cash. That means it's gone. It doesn't mean mostly cashless and you can still use a wee bit of cash here and there. Cashless means fully digital, fully traceable, fully controlled. I think those... Uh, many people who support a cashless society have no idea what they're asking for. Here's what a cashless society means in detail. It's going to shock you. If you want to take notes, you can. If you're struggling with your mortgage on a particular month, you ever taken a second job, did a little side job, got paid cash, right? Maybe you're a sheetrocker or painter or you're a mechanic and you take a little side job, moonlighting, right? Because you're behind. 
So if you're struggling with your mortgage on a particular month, you can't do, you cannot do a side job to get you through. Why? Because what are you going to do with the cash? Nobody's going to take it. No bank's going to take it. It, nobody's going to accept it because you can't use it anywhere. If you, we go full cashless, your child can't go and help the local farmer or the neighbor or mow their lawn or do a little odd job to earn a little summer cash. There won't be there. There won't be such a thing. There will be no paper and there will be no coin. It's all on card. No more cash slipped into the hands of a child as a good luck charm or from their grandparent when going to the holidays or just wanting to bless their child, grandchild. No more money in birthday cards. No more piggy banks for your child to collect pocket money and to learn about the value of earning and saving. No more cash for a rainy day fund or for that something special you have been putting $20 a week away for. No more budgeting with using envelopes and splitting up your precious dollars in different envelopes for rent, for utilities, to repair stuff, for clothes, whatever. No more little jobs on the side because your wages barely cover your bills and put food on the table. No more charity collections. No more throwing a dollar or five dollars in the offering. No more going, you know, where I, I went through the um, grocery outlet the other day and they had, uh, they were collecting money for some charity. They had a little canister there um, and you could drop your coins in there. Can't, that's not going to be available anymore. No more selling uh, odds and ends. No more yard sales using cash. For instance, you think you're a little short this month? Let's have a yard sale and blow out all the stuff we haven't been using, including our clothes, old clothes. What a cashless society does guarantee are the following things. This is pretty, this is shocking, folks, because this is just, they just, no announcement. You just showed up there one day and they said, we can't give you any change. Just can't find any coins. I have no idea how that happened. Amazing. Here's what a cashless society will guarantee. Banks will have full control of every single penny in your life. Every transaction you make is fully recorded. Nothing will be in secret or private. Every transaction you make is, uh, is recorded. All your movements and actions are fully traceable. Access to your money can be blocked at the click of a button when and if banks need clarification from you, which will take about three weeks, many questions answered, and many passwords. You will have no choice but to declare and be taxed on every dollar in your possession. The government will decide what you can and cannot purchase. I want you to just think about times that you want to just give somebody $100. You just wanted to bless somebody. You wanted to be kind to somebody. You wanted to help them out or give or any amount. There will be no $100 to give them. The government will decide what you can and cannot purchase. Where you can, where you can go. 
that right now we have uh, credit scores, financial credit scores. There's going to be social credit scores that will go along with this. And so if you're not allowed to go into a certain business and do business because your social credit score, maybe you had a theft or maybe you had a little issue or misunderstanding or you didn't pay your rent or something, they say, oh, you can't buy anything. You give the card and the card said, oh, there's nothing here. If your transactions are deemed in any way questionable by those who create the questions, your money will be frozen for your own good. This guy goes on and says, forget about cash being dirty. You know, people are saying, oh, my God, Corona, cash is good. I'm, I'm going to get Corona virus off handling this filthy cash. This guy says, stop being so easily led. Cash has been around for a very, 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 very long time, and it gives you control over how you trade with the world. It gives you independence. That's what's being taken from us with COVID is your independence, your freedom. Guy says, I heard a story where a man supposedly contracted COVID because of a $20 bill he handled. There's the same chance of COVID being on a card, a credit card, as being on cash. Are you kidding me? Why are you being sold that bill of goods? If you cannot see how utterly ridiculous this assumption is, then there's little hope for you. If you are a customer, pay with cash. If you're a shop owner, remove those ridiculous signs that ask people to pay by card. Cash is legal tender. It is our right to pay with cash. You should argue with people. You should make a big thing about it. If you're not willing to argue for your freedom, you're screwed. I'm telling you right now, if you're not going to stand up for what's right, you are screwed. Well, you know, just a card. Well, it's just a sign of the times. Banks are making it increasingly difficult to use cash, and that has nothing to do with a virus, nor has this dirty money trend have anything to do with it. Open your eyes. Stop believing everything you're being told. Almost every single topic in today's world is tainted with corruption and agendas. Please stop telling people like me and others like me that we are, we are what's wrong with the world when you... Uh, hail the most corrupt members of society as your heroes, like Fauci and Burks and all these political people that are just totally screwing us and burning our cities and shooting our police officers. It's incredible. Politics and greed is what's wrong with what's going on right now. Politics and greed. The big box stores, Amazon, Facebook, Google, their profits are blowing right out of the universe. While we have our friends that are going broke with small businesses, you can't go to a small business, but you can, thousand people could jam into Home Depot or Lowe's. It's, it's absolutely nuts. You're blindly floating along with irrational fears. Fear created to keep you doing and believing exactly what you're complacently been doing. Pay with cash. Please say no to cashless society. It's going to take away your freedom. We'll be right back, and we got two more segments to go. Make somebody happy. 
That was the prediction early in the pandemic. It came from experts at London's Imperial College. The Imperial College model became enormously influential all around the world. Science reporter Matt Ridley points out that the model led governments to act. A statewide order for people to stay at home. Everything we do is based scrupulously on the best scientific advice. Politicians always say, I'm following the science. There is no such thing as the science. There is science, and science consists of people disagreeing with each other. The model did say that if all Americans practice social distancing, we could reduce the death toll to a million plus. But even without everyone distancing, our death toll has been much lower than that. We've seen far too much reliance on models which have very, very dodgy assumptions. 100% of the workforce uh, must stay home. Actually, what we did was quite dangerously wrong. Because the model said COVID patients would overwhelm hospitals. Patients were moved out of hospitals into care homes. Where the virus killed the most people. Go home and stay home. The strict lockdowns may have done more harm than good. Norway's health chief now says a lockdown was not needed to tame COVID. The main interventions that helped uh, prevent people dying were things like stopping large gatherings, people washing their hands and wearing face masks, general social distancing, not forcing people to stay at home. But governments did force people to stay home because the models misled them. We all failed at that business, right? All the early national experts, uh, here's my projection model, here's my projection model. They were all wrong. But he and others should have known that the Imperial College researchers have a history of failure. Imperial predicted 136,000 deaths from mad cow disease, 65,000 from swine flu, 200 million from bird flu. The real numbers were in the hundreds. Wrong again and again, and they just get believed the next time. If you say something really pessimistic uh, about how many people are going to die, the media want to believe you, the politicians don't not believe you. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. This bias toward pessimism applies to climate change, too. Most of those predictions are based on models. Ever been to a Maldive island? 32 years ago, so-called experts said rising seas would completely cover the Maldives in the next 30 years. But it's been longer than that. The islands are thriving. They're even building new islands. The Maldives are building several new airports. That does not suggest a country that is about to disappear beneath the waves. Climate change is real, is happening, but is not happening nearly as fast as models predicted, and we have time to sort out our economy. Why do the models again and again, and the scientists behind them, over-predict disaster? Predicting disaster is a very good way of attracting attention to your science uh, and getting rewarded for it. 2020, we're out of oil. We are at or near peak oil. 75% of our energy are simply running out. The experts all said, we're about to run out of oil. In fact, the opposite happened. 
Ridley's new book explains how innovators repeatedly prove models wrong. In the case of oil and gas, higher prices inspired entrepreneurs to invent new ways of getting more gas out of the same rocks. We were forecasting 10 years ago that gas prices would go up rapidly, less rapidly, or slowly. We did not have a forecast in which they went down, and yet that's actually what happened. It turns out experts are wrong all the time. The head of the British Royal Society said heavier-than-air flying machines are impossible. In 1955, Variety said rock and roll music will be gone by June. Columnist Paul Krugman said the Internet's impact on the economy will be no greater than the fax machines. Experts do get things wrong, but they're more likely to be right than a layperson. Tom Nichols wrote this book that says we should trust experts more. I asked him about the Maldives. Everybody said they were going to be underwater by now. Everybody was wrong. Expertise gets politicized. Um, this happens in every field of expertise because we're human beings and we want our expert sources to reach the same conclusions that we want to reach. We shouldn't dismiss the expertise of a doctor or an engineer when they're curing your disease or building your bridge. But we need to learn that there is no such thing as expertise on the future. People tell me it's it's dangerous what people like you or I say, that people aren't going to obey the government's rules. It's dangerous to rely too much on models that give you wrong answers and end up locking down society and destroying people's livelihoods. Danger lies both ways. This past weekend, I had the privilege of joining a group of amazing patriots in Virginia. As I entered the church, I found myself in a time jump back to when things were normal. There was not a single mask to be found in the entirety of the church. People worshipped their creator, unencumbered by coercive burdens laid upon them by the state. While it was refreshing to experience biblical Christianity for the weekend, on Monday morning, I find myself once again thrust into the twilight zone of 2020 America, where decrees from governors have ranged from churches shall not assemble to all churches must meet outdoors to churches can meet indoors if they social distance with rigid sanitizing practices to churches may meet but cannot sing praise and worship, touch each other, have baptism, marriage, or funeral services, and they may not celebrate the holy sacrament of communion. To top it off, governments are now requiring of churches that they wear a mandatory mask when attending services. Now, we are told that all these regulations carry the force of law. However, to say that these regulations have the force of law is a direct admission that they are not law. This perhaps is the greatest fraud contrived against the American church in history. When Thomas Jefferson promised a protective wall of separation of church and state to the Danbury Baptists, he assured them that no American civil government would ever be construed to deny churches their religious rights and privileges. Furthermore, government could never dictate, regulate, or make any law concerning an establishment of religion that would prohibit in any way, shape, or form the free exercise thereof. Jefferson, of course, was referring to the First Amendment to the United States Constitution to back up his claims and promise. So you see, there is no lawful authority for government to encroach upon the religious worship of the church. To say the government can tell the church what to do would be likened to saying that I, Jake McCauley, can dictate the actions of the president of Russia or the prime minister of Japan. This is because our founders intended that the very same authoritative separations that exist between countries like the U.S. and Russia or Japan 
exists between the American civil government and the church. At worst, this would be considered a conspiracy against the American church. At best, this is an embarrassing admission that the government views churches as irrelevant as they do a local social club. Founding Father Noah Webster asserted, The Christian religion in its purity is the basis, or rather the source of all genuine freedom in government. And I am persuaded that no civil government of a republican form can exist and be durable in which the principles of that religion have not a controlling influence. As our governors delay the restoration of unencumbered church services and add more conditions, it is crucial to understand, regardless of whether the virus is fatal or phony, the lockdowns and shutdowns and mandates for social distancing and masks have no lawful basis in a church sanctuary. Pastors, I implore you, don't stand resolute and determined to willfully give up the authority of your church to the government. As you abandon your authority, you abandon your flock to wolves. This is Jake McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you... Don't that seem a little strange to you, customer going back to the barbershop the very next day? No. No? No. Didn't you ever hear of a person with a compulsion complex? <laughs> a what? Compulsion complex. You know, like when folks got to be washing their hands all day long. That's a hand-washing compulsion. <laughs> uh, what you're looking at there, that's a case of haircutting compulsion. All three of them? No, all three of them's got the compulsion. Listen, you find compulsion nuts all over. <laughs> Good evening, UVA and Center community. Today is Wednesday, July 15, 2020. I want to talk to you about two things today. The first thing is, as of Monday, July 13, 2020, the state has mandated the following sector close indoor operations. They are offices that provide non-essential services, indoor worship, indoor protests, indoor personal care services, including hair salons, nail salons, tattoo parlors, and massage parlors. In addition, indoor services of fitness facilities and gyms. All those sectors must close because both Yuba County and Sutter County are on the county monitoring list. How long do those closures have to occur? For at least three weeks or maybe more, and it's really dependent on us, on every single community member in Yuba and Sutter. If we can successfully, in the next three weeks, bring down our case rate so that we're less than 100 new cases per 100,000 in the next 14 days or so, then we can be removed off the list, and hopefully we can open those sectors again for indoor services. But it's not up to me. It's not up to the county. It's up to you all to adhere to the tenets that we all know. Social distancing of six feet or more when you are interacting with non-household members. Good hand hygiene. Wearing that facial covering when you cannot maintain social distancing. And staying home if you have any signs concerning for COVID-19. I know we all know about this, but I'm going to say it again. Fever. Chills. Nag is all I hear. She wants to know where I've been. She walks the floor, then nags some more. It's a heck of a fix I'm in. How long I live, I'm not for sure. I wish that I was free. Every night we're in a fight, cause she nags and nags at me.
Hey, I wanted to uh, mention uh, another guy that's really made it possible for me to stay with this uh, podcast, and that's Dave Greenitz with his construction company. And Dave, uh, if you're not from this area, he just works in this area up here. But <clears throat> I've known Dave for 40-some years, and, and uh, whatever business Dave would have gone into, it would have been excellent. And uh, he would have risen to the top of his field. It's just because of who he is, his character. And he's got a great wife, and they've been a great team. And uh, he's built a a construction company that really is uh, without compare in the Yuba-Sutter County's area. Uh, Actually, if you wanted to be all over Northern California, he could. But he just uh, has plenty of business here locally. Occasionally, he'll venture out to another area. Um, You might be able to convince him. But he's, his specialty is to really dial in amazing kitchens and baths. He does entryways. He does some other things. He does decks, great decks. He puts in whole house fans to cut down on your utilities. He does some things like that as well. But in terms of just uh, his bread and butter, as some people say, it's kitchens and baths. And you can go on his website at greenitzconstruction.com. That's green, just like the color, green, E-T-Z dot com construction.com and you can check out uh there or at his facebook page which is dave greenitz construction and you can see the before and after and you can see some of the designs how they changed the bathroom this is the way it was and you can see the footprint uh this is the way it was this is what we changed it to and then you can see before photos and like you know dingy look from the 1950s or 60s or whatever now this is what we did right here amazing um amazing difference and uh i know some of the uh his sub subcontractors that work with him whether it's paint or other things that uh, they just do a superb job it's just done with class it's done well uh they're good people they're kind people they get in they get out they you count on them you can count on their word they they are uh responsible people they leave your place nice clean and uh they just do a good job first time around. So if, if you're interested, you could just shoot. Uh, they're they're very busy, uh, but he'll he'll take your work. You may have to wait a little bit if you're like got to have it done right now. You may not be able to get get him, but he's worth waiting for. And uh, you know, good things are worth waiting for. It's a, you know, many times people wait for five, ten. They talk about remodel, remodel, remodel. They talk for years, and once they start, they go, "Oh, we got to have it done right now." But if you really want it done, the best. Uh, you want these guys, Greenitz Construction, and so you can you can reach them off those uh, those sites, the Facebook site, the website, or if you want to, you can just dial them up old school, 530-682-9602, 530-682-9602, um, and uh, hit them up, and you'll probably get Dave on the phone. If, he, if you get an answer, that'll be him. And if you don't, you'll get a voicemail, and then he'll call you right back. You'll get him one way or the other. You're not going to get one of the many people that work for him. Uh, You'll get him. Okay, so give him a shout-out and tell him you heard it on the show, and that may help me. The other people that are the final folks that help me is the plumbing doctor, and they they do work in the Yuba-Sutter County's area of California, and uh, they are available around the clock for your plumbing needs. And... uh, Lord knows I've used them before and used lots of plumbers and just, you know, everything works until it doesn't work. 
then you need to fix something, whether it's lighting or plumbing or whatever. 530-671-9111. You got to write that down you, if you get in a jam and uh, they'll respond. 530-671-9111. We, we live in a crazy world. I just I was helping somebody with their billboard posters, a business in town. In fact, it was Pools Jewelers. You ever heard of Pro- Pools Jewelers here in Yuba Sutter? Uh, I for years I did billboards. I did quite a few billboards when I used to work at Church of Glad Tidings to supplement my income, but I've I continued to do some uh right up till today. And uh because of the you know, Pools Jewelers had an event they were putting on uh, and they were advertising that this event was gonna happen. Well, when Gavin Newsom shut down all these businesses, that shut them down and so they had this whole billboard campaign uh, Pools Jewelers in Yuba City to uh, sell estate jewelry, and they had to cancel it because they couldn't be open. So, uh, so we were scrambling around uh, to put up new posters over the other posters that we had paid for and installed, and it, and they lost some money on that. But so we made it easy for them to get back up. But in in the communicating back and forth, Mickey Pool who was the wife of the uh, married couple, Fritz and, Mitz, and, and uh, Mickey, she said, uh, thanks for your help today. And she said, it's a cra- something like this, it's a crazy time we're in. So certainly it is. I don't mind craziness. I don't mind drama. I don't mind, you know, when when somebody wants to crash into the Twin Towers, when somebody wants to do something crazy. That's part of life. But when you feel like the government is just jacking you around and we have a political party like the Democrats that are trying to just destroy our country, I want to outlaw the Democrats, right? Uh, remember when we used to talk about outlawing the Ku Klux Klan, right? We should outlaw those terrorist, domestic terrorist organizations. The Democrats have become a domestic terrorist association and they should be outlawed. So I, someone sent this to me this week. We have become a nation that has lost its collective mind. I thought, okay, I'm going to read that. If a dude presents to be a, pretends to be a woman, you're required to pretend to be that it's okay. If a dude pretends, pretends to be a woman, you're required to pretend with him. I ain't not on that page. Somehow it's un-American for the census to count how many Americans are in America. Did you know that? Now they want to count un-Americans, non-Americans as Americans. The Democrats do. Russians influencing our election are bad, but illegals voting in our elections are good. It was cool for Joe Biden to blackmail the president of Ukraine, but it's an impeachable offense if Donald Trump inquires about it. 20 is too young to drink a beer, but 18 is old enough to vote. People who have never owned slaves should pay slavery reparations. For you out in Oliver Salinda, that means extort money from people. Reparations. People who have never owned slaves should pay slavery reparations to people who have never been a slave. Inflammatory rhetoric 
is outrageous, but harassing people in restaurants is virtuous. People who have never been to college should pay the debts of college students who took out huge loans for their degrees. Immigrants with tuberculosis and polio are welcome here, but you better be able to prove your dog is vaccinated. Irish doctors and German engineers who want to immigrate must go through a rigorous vetting process, but any illiterate gangbanger who jumps the southern fence is welcome. Five billion dollars for border security is too expensive, but one point five trillion for free health care is not for illegal immigrants. If you cheat to get into college, you go to prison, but if you cheat to get into the country, you go to college for free. People who say there is no such thing as gender are demanding a female president. We see other countries going socialist and collapsing, but it seems like a great plan to us. Some people are held responsible for things that happened before they were born, and other people are not held responsible for what they are doing right now. Criminals are catch and released to hurt more people, but stopping them is bad because it's violating their rights. And pointing out all the hypocrisy somehow makes you a racist. (coughs) 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 Sorry. I didn't know that was coming. Nothing makes sense anymore. No values, no morals, no civility. And people are dying of a Chinese virus in the media. But 99.8% will survive if infected. We are living in an upside-down world. You ever eaten a payday candy bar? You know, you know all these things are being... We, we just, uh, in fact, Dave Bryan, uh, if, if you want to hear a good message, historical message, which includes people like Douglas MacArthur, Christopher Columbus, and various people, go listen to the Sunday morning message at Church of Glad Tidings website, churchofgladtidings.com, and you'll hear the real history of Christopher, Christopher Columbus. Who, who wasn't a guy exploiting Native Americans, when he used that term, or indigenous people. He was a very godly Christian guy who believed he was being led by God to, to discover a new world. There's a new world to him. So, but, but now we, because other people just made up a story that he's a murderer and a and abused people. They tore his statue down, as well as many other statues. But it's interesting when you find out the history of these things. So all, all kinds of things are being changed. And now I just saw where the Washington Redskins, they have to remove the term Redskin. And now all the different comp, uh, you know, sports mascots, the Indians, all these things. Now we're just having... We're obliterating our history. We can't appreciate anything about our history. And so a Payday Candy Bar says their Payday Candy Bar is changing its name because it's offensive to those who don't work. I, 
they're making fun of this, but I, I, there's a point to it, right? It's like, oh, payday. It's like payday, you little treat there. Paydays are pretty good candy bar, but they're bad for you. But they sure taste good. You ever you find it interesting that the that the schools, the school unions, aren't don't want to go back to work? Did do you have you been under the assumption that school teachers are not getting paid? No, they're getting paid. Isn't it interesting? All the government people are getting paid, and and they're arguing for raises. While, while many of you are losing your businesses. Do you find that interesting? There's some real corruption going on. And so school, school unions do not want to go back to work. They just want to get paid for doing nothing. Oh, they, they say, you know, have you ever met a lazy person that claimed he was lazy? They all claim they're hard workers. So this guy, uh, <clears throat> Ralph Potter, he's a high school football coach at McCallie High School in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He wrote this letter on why high school kids need both school and sports to return. People, like I had a guy tonight at the gym, uh, he said, I, he said, I've never had problems with social distancing because people, I'm not that close to people. And he said, well, I said, well, I'm close to you, dude. And I, 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 uh. Shook his hand or fist bumped or whatever. And uh, he said, yeah, I know that, that you're different. And I said, yeah. And I said, God created us to be, we're gregarious people. We're gregarious, humans are. And we're made to be together as groups and hug people and kiss people and, and appreciate people, hold people. Not social distance and not be uh, not be hunkered down inside a house, afraid. That's not human. It's it's a torture. It's called torture, and it's very unhealthy for students or children to be um, isolated. And uh, I'm not saying that the I'm not a big fan of public school factory education. But there, there are wonderful uh, learning experiences in sports and in working together, students working together in drama, uh, working and doing a public surface. Like, right, you know, we used to have the key club kids come out and help us paint graffiti. It's a wonderful learning experience. So this Ralph Potter wrote this letter that I think is great. I want to read it to you. It says, as a high school teacher and coach of high school students, I'd like to add my voice to the debate concerning reopening schools and specifically for playing sports this fall. After being back with our football guys for a few weeks, I know two things for sure. First, there is a deep, even visceral need among them to return to normalcy. It goes beyond playing a game or getting a formal education. It is a need for communion with one another and with other adults in their lives. Second, there is an absolute willingness to take whatever steps necessary to make a full return possible. None of these guys are unserious about the pandemic. They are anxious to be instructed on what they need to do to protect themselves, their family, and one another. There is no doubt that this pandemic is real, is an ongoing threat, and is a real tragedy. If we simply look at rates of positive tests and the total number of deaths, the easier answer is to say we should shut down schools and sports until we get a vaccine. But there are high costs to be paid, too high, I think. 
Many of these costs are being talked about frequently. They include mountainous debt, millions suffering in poor countries, significant rises in teen depression, drug drug use, and suicide, and loss of academic and social development. However, these don't describe the whole story, so I want to share some things closer to home for me. I think most coaches of all sports could describe similar thoughts. I'd like you to know that when a young man goes through a football season, he is at a formative stage. The desire that these guys have to play and succeed and the investment of emotion, time, and physical effort that they put into it creates an opportunity for deep learning to occur. They go through many unpredictable emotions. They win. They lose. They become a star. They lose their starting position. They struggle with jealousy, disappointment, elation, and success. They learn to love the people that annoy them. At best, they gain, they gain a confidence that can't be described. They know they are responsible. They are able. They can endure. They are given real responsibility. Yes, it's just football, but it is real. They know that what they do or don't do really matters. They begin to understand what we mean by communion, that we are each responsible for one another, that we are not alone, that we are not an island. This is what goes on every day in our classrooms and playing fields all over this country. You rarely hear about it because destruction is easier and gets more clicks than construction. But it is there and by it our society coheres. You can't see it easily when it is taken away. It can't be measured by science objectively. How can you describe the substance of a void, a hole where a structure should have been? It is said that God is the source of all being, that his love is constantly creating the world, creating us. If that's true, then evil is something like the absence of being, a void, a nothingness, where life should have been. That's what this is like. What these young people lose, they will never get back. And the longer this goes on, the more catastrophic the loss becomes. So those are the costs that we know, and the price is very high. In this terrible situation in which we find ourselves, those costs must be weighed against the risks, and we must find ways to mitigate those risks as much as possible. We must ask ourselves, what is the end point of all this? Perhaps a vaccine will soon be developed. We don't know that for sure, though, and we don't know of its effectiveness either. We have to begin to think of what the world looks like if COVID-19 never goes away. For my part, I do not accept the last three and a half months as a model for what the world will be. Let the young people be raised and formed. The risk to them is minimal. Protect the most vulnerable. Be creative in our solutions to this. Please let them go to school. Let them play. Ralph Potter, teacher coach, July 19th. 2020. This last week in trauma intervention, we had a young person overdose and died, and we had another young person shoot himself with a gun, kill himself. How how long is this going to go on? Oh, Lou, they would have done it anyway. No, no, they wouldn't have. AANA meetings are still shut down. People are relapsing. I've talked to doctors that specialize in addicts. They, they said lots of people are relapsing. There's cost to this. They, oh, well, 
Oh, seven people have died in, what, six months? Six months? How many people have died of suicide? How many people have died from overdoses? How many people have suffered from domestic violence? Dr. Lou isn't keeping track of that. She's hiding that. She's hiding all those disastrous things. Oh, every time oh, every time somebody gets tested and they test positive, which doesn't mean they're ill. It just means it was in their system. It's like if you get a TB test and you've never had tuberculosis in your life, but they say, oh, you have a trace of TB in your system. You, It tried to get you and it didn't. They, they didn't quarantine me. They just said, oh, that. It's no big deal. But now everything is a big deal. Don't you think that's suspicious? Dr. Luke gets on the deal. Oh, damn you. You get a D. You get an F. It's all your fault. You know, if you just wouldn't gather in community. You know something? I don't give a damn about COVID. I'm going to have community. If I get COVID, I'll get over COVID or I won't. Obviously, I'm not going to get any help from medical, the medical community around here. They're just going to send me home. They're not even going to prescribe anything for me. I'm going to have to go over to, to Adventist Health to get put on a dang ventilator. I'd rather just, I'm going to just go buy some medicine myself. If I was in Vietnam, I could go buy that product right over the counter right now and treat myself. Is that what our medical science has come to in California? No preemptive hits? crazy it's crazy what's going on i'll take a break and we're going to do our uh, final sixth segment When John Adams and Benjamin Franklin read Thomas Jefferson's draft of the Declaration of Independence, they undoubtedly recognized two things, Jefferson's peerless prose and the political wisdom of the 17th century English thinker John Locke. We still admire Jefferson's skill as a writer, but we have lost an appreciation for Jefferson's philosophical mentor. John Locke was born in 1632 in a small village in Somerset, England. He studied at Oxford to be a physician, but achieved fame as a political theorist. In 1690, he authored one of the most famous political tracts in history, Two Treatises of Government. England had just gone through a period of great political turmoil, the so-called Glorious Revolution of 1688, in which the Catholic king, James II, was overthrown and replaced by a Protestant one, William of Orange. The purpose of that revolution, which Locke supported, was not merely to substitute one king for another, but to move power away from the monarch and place it in the hands of the people and their elected representatives. The laws and liberties of this kingdom, in Locke's view, belonged to its citizens. This was, of course, how the American rebels saw their relationship with England. The Americans had no say in laws that the English crown and parliament were forcing on them. And, to put it mildly, they didn't like it. No taxation without representation was a classic expression of their displeasure. But how to frame the argument so that the whole world would understand it? Jefferson looked to Locke for inspiration and guidance. And using Locke helped in another way. How better, Jefferson calculated, to justify an American revolution 
than to use the arguments that were once used to justify an English one. So, what were those arguments? Locke posited three. First, all men are created equal. Second, certain basic rights exist independent of government. Third, government exists to protect those rights. Let's take them in turn. Number one, all men are created equal. Locke starts this argument at a very basic level, namely, that human beings were created equal by God. We're all part of the same species. We're all capable of doing human things. In that sense, we are equal, not in qualities or outcome, but in rights. As John Locke wrote, creatures of the same species, born to all the same advantages of nature and the use of the same faculties, should also be equal without subordination or subjection. In this way, a king is in no way superior to a commoner, such that he might violate the commoner's rights. The king is a human being. The commoner is a human being. Each can reason. Therefore, one is equal to the other. We take this for granted now, but in 1690, it was a radical notion. Number two, certain basic rights exist independent of government. Locke believed that it was man's natural state to be free. Therefore, freedom pre-exists government. That is, freedom came first, government came later. One hears this thinking expressed in Jefferson's famous phrase, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Here's how Locke put it. The natural state of man is to be free from any superior power on earth and not to be under the will or legislative authority of a government. As rational human beings, Locke contended, we have the liberty, whether king or commoner, to think and act as we wish so long as we harm no one else. Number three, government exists to protect those rights. For Locke, the purpose of government was to protect the individual's freedom and to protect the property, the land and material goods he lawfully acquired. The last thing Locke wanted was to give the government the power to take away that liberty or undermine those property rights. If government couldn't provide those protections, or if it abused its power, it didn't deserve to exist. The end of law, he wrote, is not to abolish or restrain freedom, but to preserve and enlarge freedom. Boiled down into a revolutionary slogan, we might summarize Locke's three-pronged philosophy this way. Don't tread on me. Can't get much more American than that. But today... Locke's ideas are under full-fledged assault. There are many Americans who believe that human beings are not created equal, that we should treat people differently based on their group identity. There are many Americans who believe that rights do not pre-exist government, that government is both our master and protector, granting and withdrawing privileges as it sees fit. And there are many Americans who believe that government should have almost unlimited power. Everything that Locke rejected, these Americans rushed to embrace. Their preference for paternalistic government is not what Locke envisioned or what Jefferson describes in the Declaration of Independence. We need to reintroduce John Locke and his ideas to a nation that has become increasingly blind to fundamental elements of its own history and character. Because if we lose Locke, we lose America. I'm Ben Shapiro for Prager University. This is the generation that set aside two million acres in the Pacific Northwest for the Spotted Isle. Are you happy about that? <laughs> well, brace yourself. <laughs> Two million acres for an aisle. A bird, a bird, it's a bird, it's a damn bird. It's a bird. 
And they tell you, so, oh, they'll be on the Larry King show. I'm just on the verge of tears. Oh, Larry, Larry, Larry. <laughs> There's just not very many of those aisles left. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so? <laughs> When's the last time you walked into a pet shop and said, damn, you're out of aisles? <laughs> It's a bird. Here's what finally sent me over the top of these people. Three years ago in California, Southern California, Los Angeles area, they stopped the, the construction of a new highway project. Now get this. $180 million was total cost. Like a highway spur. This big area here is congested. The highway spur is going to relieve traffic this way. Got one-third completed. That's $60 million of our money they spent, tax dollars, and abandoned the project. When they realized that this new highway was going directly into the nesting area of the endangered, long-tailed kangaroo rat. <laughs> A rat. <laughs> A damn rat. I don't care what they call it, push it in your mind, it's eroding. Every generation till this one for 400 years would see a rat go, there's a rat, kill it. <laughs> These buffoons would jump up and down and go, stop the highway, stop the highway. There's a rat in the road. <laughs> It's a damn rat. <laughs> They tell us that this rat needs 2,000 acres. So it'll have room to make. <laughs> and you think I'm going to act like and British pretend that I'm some kind of pseudo intellectual and like, oh yeah, let me tell you something. <laughs> no. As a layman, as a layman, a very simple minded layman, here's what I know. When it comes to the human species, two full-size adults can make in the back seat of a Honda Civic. She said, don't give me no lines and keep your hands to yourself. You ever been in an airport and where people have just gotten really rude? Maybe planes were getting canceled and people are trying to juggle and get on new planes. And I've, I've been there before. Having to switch planes, get a new plane, plane broke down, something happened. Or I've been in hotels when Vietnamese hotels, and they're very kind people over there and Westerners or European people or I don't know I don't know where they're from they weren't Asians and just got really rude just it's embarrassing isn't it embarrassing when somebody just gets off the hook and uh, just gets over the top and just just as an idiot right you just feel I've I felt like I needed to apologize for people and I didn't even know them <clears throat> I wanted to read this to you I thought it was really great said it happened at a New York airport 
An award should go to the United Airlines gate agent in New York for being smart and funny. You ever been on an airplane, you know, and they, they do the talk, the, the lady or the guy does the talk, you know, get ready, you know, do this, do that, can't smoke in the bathroom, you know, how to put on your belt, get the oxygen, do all that stuff, right? Some do a good job, but some are just over-the-top hilarious, right? And they're always it makes makes a fun flight. So this airlines United Airlines gate agent, you know the gate agents where they're checking you in in New York, uh, was smart and funny while making her point when confronted with a passenger who probably deserved to fly cargo. For all of you out there who have had to deal with an irate customer, this one is for you. Man, I've I've worked in business before where I've worked to dealt with irate customers. Oh, tough. It's tough, 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 tough. And people that are tired and flying and have jet lag and things ain't going right, it's a bummer. So a crowded United Airlines flight was canceled. A single agent was rebooking a long line of inconvenienced travelers. Suddenly, an angry passenger pushed his way to the desk. I've seen this happen. People cut right to the front. Holy mackerel. He slapped his ticket on the counter and said, I have to be on this flight, and it has to be first class. Man, I've seen people demand first class. The agent replied, I'm sorry, sir. I'll be happy to try to help you, but I've got to help these folks first. In other words, he busted right in the front of the line. And then I'm sure we'll be able to work something out. The passenger was unimpressed. He asked loudly so that the passengers behind him could hear, Do you have any idea who I am? Oh, my goodness. Without hesitating, the agent smiled and grabbed her public address microphone. You ever seen those? The public address microphone, Just you can hear it all over the airport, right? Looking for Mr. Benninger, right? That your plane's boarding, we're missing you, right? The whole airport, right? Without hesitating, the agent smiled and grabbed her public address microphone. May I have your attention, please? She began, her voice heard clearly throughout the terminal. We have a passenger here at gate 14 who does not know who he is. If anyone can help him with his identity, please come to gate 14. With the folks behind him in line laughing hysterically, the man glared at the United Airlines agent, gritted his teeth, and said, F you. Without flinching, she smiled and said, I'm sorry, sir, you'll have to get in line for that, too. I wish I could think that fast. Life isn't about how to survive the storm, but how to dance in the rain. Well, I love that story. I want I want to to just point out there are so many lies. They're either outright straight up deception lies with this coronavirus. And, and it, it, the minute I start talking like this to people one-on-one, they say, well, do, you don't believe it's people are getting sick? Like I talked to a guy at the gym, and he said he knew 10 people 
down in Arizona that have been sick. I, I said, people get sick every day of something. I'm not afraid of getting sick of something. I'm sad when people get sick, but most people don't give a damn about people getting sick because people die all the time. We just had two young children burned up the other day, or they died of asphyxiation. They're and their dad. Three died in a, in a fire. Nobody called me up saying, oh, I'm sorry, Lou, you had to deal with that. Uh, kids die every month here. Kids. The, the, the health officer doesn't stand up and make any comments about that. This is all just a contrived drama around COVID. Is COVID real? Yeah, people are getting sick from it, but it's no big deal. Oh, well, people die. People die all the time. In fact, you're going to die, and I'm going to die of something. Something is not going to be cured one of these days. You're going to, things that you've beaten in the past when you're healthy, when you get 80, 90, something, something, you're going to die of it. It's okay, right? It's okay. We don't have to fear it. It's okay. But all these people come up with these straw men arguments. You don't care about people. Honestly, I, I spend my whole life going out on calls where people die. I, I got a call at 2.30 in the morning from Adventist Hospital last night, last morning, this morning, 2.30 in the morning. Lou, can you send somebody over? A guy died. The family's coming in, right? They called me. They did not call Dr. Lou. She wasn't going to help them. So there's weird stuff going on. Like when Gavin Newsom rents the Arco Arena from the Kings group and pays like 500 grand a month and they don't put any people in it. I want you to hold that thought. Because New York, Bill de Blasio, pushed for a crucial emergency coronavirus hospital that remained open for 33 days before it closed. They built a hospital that had to be there and they outfitted it and it only took in 79 patients over the course of 33 days. The mayor said this facility will be crucial in March, but by May 13, its disused wards were shuttered. The Queens Hospital Center Emergency Department has a capacity of 60, but on its worst night of the coronavirus had more than 180 patients laid on stretchers in the observation, da-da-da-da. So they built this extra hospital, right? Less than four miles away. While this one hospital, 180 patients laid where 60 patients should be, less than four miles away, a temporary hospital opened the next morning on April 10th. The facility, which was built by at, built at the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center to relieve the city's overwhelming hospitals, had hundreds of beds and scores of medical professionals trained to treat virus patients just sitting there. But in the entire month that the site remained open, it treated just three patients from the Queens Hospital Center Emergency Department records show. Overall, the field hospital cost more than $52 million and served only 79 patients. Now, listen, people. That is criminal. This is a mayor. That is criminal to spend $52 million. 
and they left that other hospital overloaded, they only saw 79 patients. The city reportedly paid some doctors as much as $732 an hour at a location that refused patients with fevers. This, You see what I'm saying? I'm telling you that places in Yuba Sutter counties are refusing patients with fevers. They're not treating them. Their medical facilities in our community. What is wrong with our community? What's wrong with Dr. Lou? You're sending all the sick people over to the hospital. That's it. They're paying in New York $732 per hour at a location that refused patients with fever. In fact, there are as many as 25 medical conditions that disqualified patients from being transferred to this brand new temporary facility. You couldn't come if you had these 25 conditions. But beyond the stringent health requirements, healthcare workers on the ground floor of the New York City pandemic response suspended, suspected another reason for the f- facility's disuse. Now, I want you to think about this, people. Oh, we're just so worried. We need to save lives. <coughs> People are dying. People are dying. People are dying. Several doctors at public hospitals said they believed their bosses did not want to transfer people to these other hospital locations with more care because the hospitals in the public system each had their own budgets to fulfill. And they did not receive revenue from patients they sent away. Some said they were told Billie Jean King Hospital could treat only people with extremely mild symptoms, just like we're doing here with our clinics. You you can't have COVID. We won't treat COVID. If we treat you in our triage area, if you we think you have COVID, you have to go home, and we have to report you to the health department. Do they do anything? Hell no, they don't do anything. They let you sit in your room. They don't even give you any medication. Until you get so sick, they tell you to go to the hospital. Then they complain, oh, my God, the hospital's being <coughs> so impacted. It's crazy, people. It's badly run. You would not run this if you were a medical person like this. They're not doing it elsewhere in the country like this. Down in Texas, they're not dealing with it that way. And despite its alleged purpose to treat the critically ill, this 50-some million, $52 million hospital that lasted 70, what, 70-some days? The facility opened with just two ventilators. They were supposed to be dealing with the critically ill. They only had two ventilators. Judy Mikovits, who hates Fauci and wrote a book called The Corruption Plague, says that ventilators kill COVID patients. Jeez, I basically, people say, oh, you're not a medical person, Lou. Honestly, you just got to study the facts. This person said, I basically got paid. This is a worker at this hospital that took in no patients. She said, I basically got paid $2,000 a day to sit on my phone and look at Facebook. She's a nurse practitioner. We all felt very guilty. I felt really ashamed, to be honest. She got $2,000 a day to play on Facebook. And what did you see? Did you see that on TV? 
He didn't say no. He said, oh, my God, there's there's all these refrigerated trucks with bodies stacked in them, or they're going to stack bodies in them. And we got a $52 million hospital set empty with people sitting, not just empty of all people. There's all kinds of practitioners there getting paid 700 and something dollars an hour. Medical personnel working in overcrowded city facilities echoed their disappointment. Quote, knowing that our patients had to endure in an overcrowded emergency department, it's frustrating how few patients were treated at facilities such as Billie Jean King. Dr. Timothy Tan, director of clinical operations at the Queens Hospital Center Emergency Department, said, We were sitting on all these beds with hundreds of people trained to watch over patients exactly like that. And these people, that people died. Oh, this like fries my brain. If, if they are like funding all this, if, if all this, these people go into the hospital are there to cash in on 29,000 or whatever they get per person, it just fries me. And we're running around shutting down businesses and wearing funky masks. We said we're all sitting on all these beds, on these hundreds of people trained to watch over patients exactly like that. And these people died, said Elizabeth Ionelli, a social worker at the site, speaking of three men who died under quarantine in a hotel nearby. Instead of treating them, they put them in a hotel to quarantine them. Just like they're telling them at these clinics around town, Ampla Health, Peachtree Health, they're sending them away. Go go to the hotel. <clears throat> if you get so sick, go to the hospital. Then they get all this money. Three people died in a hotel because they just sent them away. Hospitals empty. Elizabeth Ionelli, social worker, said they didn't need to die. They did not need to die. Putting, Taking elderly people that were diagnosed with COVID, they were sick, and putting them back in, in care homes to infect other people. They, they sentenced those people in those care homes to death, Governor Cuomo. You know something, people? Let me tell you what the evil of you think. Oh, drug dealers. Oh, yeah, they're really evil. No, 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 no politicians they're the scum of the earth these politicians they never are held accountable they never are held accountable for their corrupt deeds people die people lose everything they have and these corrupt politicians they take property from people they rip people off they take their life savings they scam people. They molest their kids that come and work for them as interns, grab their crotches, grab their breasts, fondle them, screw them. They're, they're the perverts. Now, now, I don't know, I don't know whether you, you've seen this. Uh, it's now finally coming out, but it's not getting the attention because uh, of all the COVID, but Mel Gibson talking about uh, killing in Hollywood elites, kill innocent children and drink their blood. I, I know you don't even believe it. It's going to take years for you to catch up with this stuff. 
But there's this whole Hillary Clinton, all these people are involved in it. Epstein. Are you going to catch up with all this stuff? Gibson, who has spent the last 30 years, it says, working inside and outside of Hollywood regime, says that the industry's hierarchy thrives on abuse, pain, torture, stress, and suffering. According to Gibson, the desire to inflict such abuse isn't limited to just the elite, but only those at the top of the food chain can afford such a luxury, although it's a goal for most people in the industry. Hollywood is drenched in innocent children's blood. The reference to pedophilia and cannibalism have always been there, but for years the the the, the cryptic and or symbolic. I was he says I was introduced to these practices in the early two thousand and was threatened with serious repercussions should I ever speak out. And I don't just mean my career; I mean my life was threatened. My life, my family's life would be in danger. I can only talk about it. Now, as those people, those industry executives are all dead now, they see the blood of a sexually abused infant as the ultimate prize and say that is it's highly enriched. Babies are like a premium currency and hold a higher value of anything else you can think of. Diamonds, drugs, caviar, you name it. They are literally trading these kids like currency for favors, movie rules, kickbacks. I want you to look up. The Podesta brothers, P-O-D-E-S-T-A, Tony Podesta, and I don't can't remember the other Podesta. Anyway, one of them, his house, I've seen pictures of the artwork in his house. It's all naked children in, in compromising poses. The guy's a total pervert. These people were heavily involved in the Clinton campaign. And when, when the New York City police got Anthony Weiner's, computer they said it made him sick and they wanted to arrest him and the and the obama government forbid it i'm telling you this epstein thing epstein island it comes right back and is right into washington dc and all through our political in our sacramento we got so many perverts in sacramento it's ridiculous homosexuals transsexuals uh, heterosexuals molesting women, grabbing their breasts, grabbing their butt. It's just like, it's totally, it's like a dang Roman orgy down there. And we wonder why we got problems in this country. It, it's just like God's judgment is on the country. It's ridiculous. And this COVID thing, honestly, when you got, we, we bring the big hospital ship. Roll the hospital ship in here. Didn't even get used. Where's all the where's, where's all these people? Come on, people. Can't you think? Think for yourself. Think, 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 think. Quit smoking weed. Quit drinking alcohol. Think for a moment. The dang country is going to the sewer. Do something. Learn about it. If nobody, you can't act on something when you're totally ignorant. Why are we? Why are we like? Having a, uh, we are just totally focused on being stupid in this country. There's a spirit of stupid over the whole nation. All right, we'll see you next week. Uh, I think it's August 1st is the next Saturday. So uh, take it easy. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. 
We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here at the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Sweetheart of Mills, sweetheart of Mills, sugar to kiss. 